Welcome back, everybody, for this week's edition of Man Cave Sports Talk Podcast. This has been hanging out with Thomas and Gage tonight. Uh, still looking for the elusive Dan. Uh, one of these, one of these fine evenings, we're gonna we're gonna wrangle that guy down. We're gonna find him. Who's Dan? Uh, who's Dan? D- Dan? 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 The man? I forgot what he looks like. I'd, I mean, sounds like. like sounds like whatever yeah. you know. <laughs> but the memories are definitely fading very fast. Yeah, we put them um, on milk cartons, and I feel like yeah. people do people not get milk cartons anymore because nobody, yeah, nobody's been reporting I, I anything. That's what it is. Yeah, I think I think that the milk carton thing. Should we put it on like? Some. Should we put a post on like OnlyFans or something? OnlyFans would work. probably work a lot better. Yeah. Only feet, maybe. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully soon, right, guys? I mean. We miss we miss our Dan uh, around here and his and his uh, insight to, to sports ball topics, which is what we talk about here most of the time, right? Sports ball, sports things, sports uh, circular. Cause, objects. Cause, I mean, technically, we talk. Now we're talking, especially you know, since it's the you know few weeks in, you know, it's not just a ball anymore. Now there's a puck involved. Oh yeah, and and and, uh, and that's Tommy's uh, general area of expertise. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it's good talking to you guys again. I'm, I'm glad we were able to make sure everybody could get in here tonight and, uh, we'll get this thing kicked off. We're going to start about with some college football. Um, the updated rankings came out today for the BCS and it looks like Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, and TCU are the top four, uh, teams, uh, in the standings in the BCS standings. So, uh, if it were to end right now, those would be the four teams playing, vying for, uh, a national title. Um, thoughts, question marks, anything? I mean, I don't see anything wrong with this. Clemson no, goes I, down bad to Notre Dame. Bad. I mean, bad, bad. Like, who is this Notre Dame team, and where did Clemson go? Did you send out your JV unit, or, you know, not even JV unit? Uh, and then yeah. uh, Tennessee, obviously, losing to Georgia, which was probably the biggest game of the week. Um, and it was a good game. Um, obviously, Georgia but, um, dominated most of it. Yeah, <laughs> it it was one of them where you were you weren't we weren't really surprised, right? Like, I mean, we saw, we talked about it last week. We were like, eh, you know, pretty sure that George is going to walk away with this one, but you never know. I mean, the way that Tennessee had been playing was a possibility. But yeah, do, do you Georgia, think that Georgia won, you know, handily enough that it was like, okay, we can't put Tennessee in there? Because, you know, if they're both two really good teams, right? Yeah. They play against each other and it was close. You, well, there could be a possibility and an argument for Tennessee still being in if the top four. If it would have been four, an right? overtime game or a three-point or so game, maybe even a seven-point game, I think that maybe. But you're sitting here telling me that you're going to, a team that, yeah, I understand they were ranked number one last week, but. You're gonna take a, a a a power five school in TCU that's still undefeated, played some decent competition. Um, there's been some close games, but um, for the most part, those close games against other teams that are pretty decent. Um, but they're undefeated, and you you can't really leave them out of the mix at that point. Um, in my eyes, now granted. Certain things happen, but uh, I mean, those are the four last four undefeated teams. So they're going to let it play, 
in that in that sense. And then uh, Ohio I, State and Michigan eventually will be. Yeah, they're going to meet up. They have to right? meet like, up. They always play every somebody's year. Somebody's going to. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's yep. going to come out of that. There. November twenty sixth, they meet up. I mean, that's where you potentially see the LSU now getting back into the mix with the Tennessee yeah. possibly getting back into it. Yeah. Uh, absolute. I mean, what maybe they did, Oregon comes, you know, comes in. Yeah, because I mean that's another power power five school, right? I mean, see, I think that's where I have issues with the college football playoff system is the fact that you know, why can't you have the two best teams in the same conference? Yes, they're going to face off against each other. One's I mean, going to win. I know you, you see that, t- you tend to see that with Alabama, with the SEC or whoever, but they also favored the SEC period. Oh, yeah. Um, in the selections in the past. But, you know, like in this season, let's say Ohio State, Michigan, is it possible that one of those teams are most likely are going to lose, obviously, unless they tie somehow, which there's no ties in college anymore, right? College football. Correct. Yeah, no, no ties. So someone oh. has to lose. Over yep. time, a single possession until a team is fully ahead. And then. What you know, one of them loses that they can still end up in the this final four playoff system. Is there a yeah, scenario I for mean, that? Yeah, I mean, well, they did last year. I mean, you had Ohio or you had Georgia and Alabama in the in yeah, the but I don't count SEC. I feel like they just throw SEC know, teams in there. If Alabama has one loss, they'll find a way to get them in there. Yeah, but they're they got two now. I don't think they, I oh, don't yeah, think yeah, they yeah. can recover. I, I mean, they would. Ha- They'd have to win out, and then they still, because they're in the same conference as Georgia, they don't have an opportunity to, unless Georgia loses. Yeah, like, Georgia, would have, Georgia would have to lose two of their least last three two games. games. One of them, they are playing Kentucky, who is ranked and doing pretty well. But um, I, I just don't foresee that happening. Yeah. Um I just don't. I don't see a way in for Alabama at this point. USC possibly. Um, they're still eight and one. Um, respectively, though, all these uh, the teams that come out of the SEC, the Big Twelve, the uh, Big Ten, and probably at this time maybe Pac twelve if they keep winning. Those will be your top four. I mean, you'll have one from every, one from four four different conferences. Yeah, because, which, which would I think be the first time since the college football playoffs started yeah. that there isn't at and least. And I think that's the way it should be. Honestly, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that there isn't two from a single conference. Yeah, SEC typically has two, and I think ACC has had two at one point as well. I, I just I I I think that if you're in the SEC championship game and you lose you you've lost your shot at the championship so I would definitely be more on board if that was like the rule like right you because know four different conferences the best teams out of four conferences face off to figure out kind of who the best conference was this season I'm all for that but I mean, you're all, the only power five you're leaving out is the ACC right at that point yeah that's of right now because yeah Clemson right yeah. now they they lost Badly. Oh God! 
I, I turned that badly. game. I was like, who? What? <laughs> yeah. Um, I understand it was in South Bend, but it doesn't matter. It, you can't be a top four school and lose that bad to to not a. It's not that Notre Dame is horrible this year. It's just that they're they're not they're in the you know first year of a new coach and a rebuild, quote unquote, you know, situation. It, 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 to me, it's just it's one of those things where, um, I like Clemson. I think they. I think that I like their program. I like what he, uh, what Dabo's done there. But at the same time, you know, I also like seeing. New newer schools in that mix. I like seeing TCU up there. I like seeing Michigan being relevant again. You know, uh, to a point, and USC, and that's really about it. Out of that, uh, Tennessee. You know, but uh, you know, we saw with Tennessee in that that game. I mean, it was just it was so ground controlled from Georgia's. You know what I mean? Like they just they they have the running back and running backs and and the and the offensive power to to control that game, and that's what they did. Um, they didn't allow tennis, and then their defense just you know doing it doing its thing. Ah, uh, so um, yeah, so those that that's pretty much where those, we're those, at. So those are the good teams. Those are, yeah, I mean, so those are the top four roughly, and and then some. Uh, Heisman race. Uh, you still got Stroud in the mix, even though you know he's lost a couple games now. Um, he's, he's looked rough, man. Uh, this week he wait, wait a minute, granted, Stroud. Uh, Young. I'm thinking Young. Sorry, but both uh, of them. Both, both, both. Yeah, they both yeah. didn't play very well. Uh, no, no. Stroud threw for less than 100 yards. He ran for like 78. He was. I think he might have ran for more than he actually passed and. He's a he's supposed to be a dual threat quarterback. You know, you kind of only right. saw one side of him this this no, past week. I mean, this lately. week, I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It was in it was in Illinois, and I'm in Indiana, Indiana, and in both states, it was like crazy wind. The wind was unreal, so throwing the ball was almost impossible in that game because other than maybe shorter. Shorter throws, because, um, I mean, here we had people. I mean, 80, 90 mile an hour winds here in Indiana. It wasn't quite that bad, but we're talking fifty, sixty mile an hour winds at gusts at time, um, up in Illinois. So, I give him that. But at the end of the day, uh, he just hasn't looked. There's been games where he just hasn't looked that great. Um. And then, you know, obviously Young had, had an injury and then he came back. And I don't know, he just doesn't really kind of look the same. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think right now the, uh, the race for the Heisman, it's, it's a lot more open than it has been over the past probably five or six years. Yeah. Um, th- there's no. There's no real front runner right now. There's, no, you know, typically this is a quarterback award. Like, let's be honest, right? Yeah. Um, it's either quarterback or running back for the most part, but there's no one who's just like the LSU quarterback looks pretty good. Daniels looks. I mean, well, I mean, he, he he looks good. He's he doesn't. He's a first year quarterback. But he's yeah. He 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 doesn't look. You know, you think about like. Heisman winning quarterbacks. You think about like Joe Burrow and 
you know, right. Tim Tebow and um, the the greatness that they left on the field. You know, Kyler Murray in college and everything. It's you're you're not seeing that from anyone who really stands out. So I think you know this. I, I kind of hope this is a year that maybe we don't go quarterback, and maybe yeah. we see another team, or I'm sorry, another position get this award. Whether it's a defensive position, which I think would be the first one since Charles Woodson, um, or even you know a wide receiver. I don't even remember last time a wide receiver has gotten yeah the uh, the award. So I I just feel like this is the year that it should happen. Will it probably not? Because we know everyone's just infatuated with quarterback positions, most important position on on the football team. But just no one's really. Standing out, Bryce Young, like I said, he got hurt. It's not he's not playing until what he did last year as a Heisman winner, right? Yeah, I don't know. I I'm in I'm in that boat where I, I I'd like to see a defensive player win it um, as well. I think that uh, it's kind of needed because it's like you have and warranted really. I mean, you, you have. Even the players that you know that have gone on to uh, do amazing things in the NFL, and they were, you know, the top or one of the top players on the team in college, and they didn't get it because the quarterback, you know, or what you know, what I mean, type deal. I think, I think the 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 standalone would be who is the defensive player that. If he wasn't on that team, would they be a top whatever team? Do we have? Do, I mean, is there is there a name out yeah. there? Yeah, no, currently there's not. It looks like so. I'm looking at the uh, current Heisman Trophy odds. Um, out of the eight people that are listed here, six of them are quarterbacks. One is a one is a running back. One is a tight end. Which wasn't Devonta Smith. Uh... He won the Heisman, right? He was, he was, he did wide receiver. Did he win the Heisman? Yeah, he did. 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did, he did. So he was the last wide receiver, but it was, it's, it's, it, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see like who. He was the first one since 1991 when Desmond Howard won it, but yeah, Desmond Howard was a, uh, he was kind of a triple threat. I love seeing some of the, the, the Heisman trophy winners of the past and be like, who? Um, what did they do in the NFL? A lot of them don't yeah. do anything. Yeah, Charles Woodson, like you said, was the last defensive player to win. But yeah, it wasn't too many. And then the next wide receiver before that, it's some guy named who was a quarterback wide receiver, Eric Crouch, or Desmond Howard was like the last true one. Right. Yeah, oh my goodness! Yeah, Remember Charlie Howard. Ward? <laughs> oh man, basketball great, New York Knicks. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I digress. I digress. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. We'll we'll see how it plays out. I, I again, I I don't see enough from the two what would be considered I, I in the minds of other sports social media people, um, Stroud and Young being the front runners to warrant that. But <laughs> who knows? Um. Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit, but the big Notre Dame over Clemson up, uh, upset. Um, 
Again, in South Bend, it is a special place to, to be and play. I've been to one game there. Um, it is pretty cool. Uh, but again, a team that is still new, still fresh, new coach, this and that. Obviously, a standing tradition and 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 football school that Notre Dame is. I understand that, but they just took it to took Clemson to the woodshed. Did you did you feel yeah. it when you were there? You know, like there's a lot of places you go and you oh, just yeah. feel it. Yeah, yeah, oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you get the you get the goosebumps and the the hair raising on your like arm. The way and stuff. they portrayed it in Rudy. Right? Then again, like, it was also really really cold. <laughs> so that yeah, that was, that's wouldn't. the goosebumps. But uh. Yeah, no, it was it was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so I th- I don't think Clemson has a shot at getting back into it. I just I, I yeah, it's, they they don't have anything really on their on their resume resume for the rest of the year. I think to to earn them the the, the wins up into it. Um, I mean they got Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina. Yeah, none of them are ranked at this current time. Yeah, and Louisville six and three. South Carolina is not good this year. <laughs> um, I, I love how Miami's uh, four and five. So I love how they choose, you know, South Carolina as a as their one like out of conference SEC team. Right? Like, oh, we're gonna play an SEC team. But we're yeah. gonna pick like the lowest tier SEC. I mean, they're six and three, but they're six I mean, and three. And I mean, the Gamecocks. At- Trish, I mean, they've had pretty decent squads over the years. It's not like you know. And usually, when these things are are, are kind of done up, like it's not just a year before. It's yeah. usually in they, the planning. They do have former Oklahoma Sooner great Spencer Rattler as their starting QB. South Carolina. Remember? Yeah, and remember we talked about him a couple years oh, ago yeah. about how he was in the Heisman. Yeah, list and everything. He transferred this year to South Carolina That's after right. um, he is there after Lincoln Riley left the USC. That's right. He's going to do anything crazy special, but that's what happens when you downgrade your weapons around you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't. Uh, and then we get to talk about my my favorite big upset of the week. Uh, unranked Here we go. Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks take down, at the time, ranked Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, it, everybody's like, oh, well, our quarterback's hurt and this and that. Well, guess what? So is ours. Uh, but our second string just happens to be pretty decent. Jason Bean has been uh, has, has actually shown a lot of grit and a lot of heart. Now, granted, we're not ranked. Uh, the Jayhawks aren't ranked. Um, they did get some votes. It looks like, but um, in the AP, what did they get? They got ten votes. Uh, but uh, yeah, but the biggest story out of that is the fact that they have won six games. What does that mean for the first time in fourteen years? The Kansas Jayhawks are bowl eligible. So that's kind of a big deal. When you talk about a team that, I mean, last year was three and not eight or something like that, three and nine. They won two games last year. No, two and two and two and okay, so two and ten. And flipping it around to being where we're where they're at now, and 
and the culture that Leopold has brought to the Kansas Jayhawks. It's been it's been pretty nice for me as a Jayhawk fan to say we got a squad. We still got a tough game. Uh, Oklahoma, or Kansas State lost a tough one uh, last week against uh, Texas. Um, it came down to like the fact the quarterback for Kansas State came back. His name's uh, Martinez. Um, Adrian Martinez, he's a good quarterback as well. He uh, he's been hurt. He came back for this game. I don't think he should have. Uh, he played very tight, and you could see uh, like his throws weren't really on and stuff like that. Uh, but I the the backup isn't still maybe as quite as good as he is, but it, I think it just was. Is they they ran into a a, te- a Texas team that's playing very well right now, and they have been for the last few weeks, um, and uh, and they lost lost by seven. So I mean, it's tough for them, but uh, yeah, KU and K State are slated to meet up. Are they um next week? No, no, in three the weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. So um, like the final yeah. regular season game of the year. Yeah. You have two uh, two ranked opponents in your last three games with Texas and Kansas State, so that'll be yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, it's it, it's going to be really really interesting. I, I think that um, I'm hoping we can win at least one of those two. If we can win one of those two, I mean, I'll be happy. I mean, I'm already happy with the way it's turned around and, and where they're at, but um, I think that it just is is a good upswing for them. To get a bull, get the bull bid, and then to uh, next year build upon what he's done already, as long as he stays, because <laughs> there's already been a lot of talks out there about um, Wisconsin and some other um, big name programs trying to poach him out, and and he was a coach in Wisconsin at a smaller school, so and that's where he's from, so yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's my big news. Uh, KU wins big game against Oklahoma State, and uh, yeah, wow, Gage, he's uh, finishing up under the timer that you gave me to uh, keep for when he started hey, this topic. See, <laughs> he's finishing know, under the horn. I, I like to gloat, but I'm humble about it. Yes, <laughs> maybe a little bit. So, under the horn, keeping the program right. Great in job, time great job. Frame. I like it. <laughs> so uh, for the rest of. Uh, Rest of this week for college football, we've got a few ranked matchups coming up. Alabama's going up against Ole Miss. You know, uh, we kind of touched on it. Alabama uh, lost their second regular season game of the year, which is the third time in the last 10 years. So you, um, what you're saying is they're starting to be on the decline. Who knows? I mean... Three times in 10 years. Not, I mean, that's a lot. Three times. From Alabama, only two losses um, most of the time, though, right? They didn't really get to third losses. They have not got a third loss in like over twelve years, and that was, I think, in the beginning of the Nick Saban era. Era, the Roll Tide era. Yeah. I mean, and it's at Ole Miss too, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be a great game. Who knows? You know, we we have seen in the past where if Alabama loses, they come in next week with a absolute vengeance. So they might yeah. put up sixty. Um, and then Ole Miss score maybe one or, once or twice. Um, or maybe it's a really close game, and maybe we see for the first time in over 12 years Alabama get the third loss 
because uh, all these other SEC teams have have finally started to catch up to him. Um, some other ranked matches that we got later on in the week. We got uh, Tulane going against uh, uh, UCF, my local team here in Orlando, Florida. Um, Oregon is number six going against number 25 in Washington. Uh, TCU and Texas play this week as well. Uh, four and 18. Yeah. So we'll see if TCU can continue to hold on to that number four spot and stay in the playoffs. Uh, it's a very tough Texas team that had some bumps in the road, but you know they're, they're quarterbacks. I believe so. Either yeah. way, it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be a good crowd on both sides. I'm sure. Yeah. But obviously, you typically have more of the home team in college games right. for students and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, their quarterbacks back for Texas. You know, he's looked pretty solid. And Ewers, he's a he's a highly touted quarterback. I think it's was his second year. Yeah. Um, First year as a full time starter, he's you know he looks good. I, I expect him next year to be in the Heisman running if he doesn't get hurt. Uh, and yeah, so those are the kind of rank matchups. Um, so I think TCU and Texas game might be the the biggest game that I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, um, not too much else on the board that really spikes my interest. I mean. Looking at the top ten, at least. Yeah, usually uh, in two weeks or three weeks is when you tend to see those, like rivalry games. Yeah, yeah, your your Alabama versus Auburn. Um, you know your FSC versus Florida, even though those don't really have a lot of implications for rankings this year, um, and so on. And uh, a lot of those teams tend to be ranked, and they're always tough games regardless. So uh, that'll a fun time. How yeah. many weeks do we have left in the college football season? Um, regular. The regular uh, season, yeah, before it becomes four. Play. I think like technically four weeks. Right? Because they, um, they kind of take a little bit of they start bowl season like at the end of December into January, right? Yeah, typically in like middle of December. it's It starts like the smaller bowls and stuff and then uh, as we start getting into January, you start seeing the college football. Yeah, I mean, you'll well, you have three regular season games, and then you'll have like your power conferences that have the championship game. Those yeah. are typically the beginning of December, um, and then you roll your or like the fir- usually like in the first week of December, I guess. Then you roll into your bowl games and stuff like that. Um, so we're getting down to it. It's it's, yeah. it's winding down here, college football. Last, yep, last three weeks here, yep. That's what it is. Last three weeks, and then four weeks from today, it'll be the uh, the uh, the conference games. Yep. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. On to the pros. The pros. Professionals. The NFL. So, what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about news stuff or we want to talk like news with like teams and stuff, front office stuff first, or we want to go with player details? What do we want to do? I think we go front office a little bit first. All right, let's go front office. So the biggest thing out there is, and it's this has been going on for a while. People have been calling for it. Finally, the Snyders are selling the, the, the commanders and Washington fans around the world rejoice. Um, 
they've been asking for this. There's just too much of a stain on that organization by the the by the owners. They're just always in some sort of story. Something else comes out that you know they're shady about. Something they're doing wrong, and it's just enough's enough, right? So we talked a little bit about it um, the last week about the fact that you know we got into some uh, potential fraudulent reporting issues right and um of, of what they've been doing with with certain money or reporting the, their earnings and things like that with the team but um it's, it's i guess finally time i don't know what capacity in which they're gonna be selling it are they gonna still try and be part owners i don't know if that's fully come out yet but i mean i'm hearing the rumors around that jeff bezos is uh very interested in purchasing the team um That'd be very interesting to see. Um, I know I can think of another thing that Bezos could put money into, but we won't. <laughs> yeah, so as as of right now, it looks to be like an ownership group um, right. with uh, uh, Jeff Bezos leading the way. Uh, but you also have the likes of like Jay Z um, putting his you know his name in the hat to, to be part of this group. Even Kevin Durant has said, uh, you know, he was born and raised. I was gonna say he was born in DC, right? Yeah, yeah, and he wants to be part of that as well. That's that's interesting. I mean, that'd be a good group. Um, you know, I can't wait to see them. They, they build a new stadium. You know, that field has been terrible for a long time. Um, you know, they were kind of saying like the NFL and the, and the city really wasn't approving them to build the stadium as a like a kind of like a muscling to be like Snyder. You need to get out of here. We don't want you here anymore. But now that there's potentially going to be new ownership there, you know, that maybe they get this. They get it. They get a new stadium built there. You know, I can't wait for them to name it. You know, you know, Twitch, uh, Twitch Stadium, um, tw- <laughs> Twitch Arena, Twitch, or Twitch Arena, and then that you know, Prime Amazon Prime Day sales, giving away uh, tickets for a discounted price for Prime right Prime Day deals. Prime users get half off. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, every every uh, every twenty gifted subs on Twitch, you get a, a free ticket to a Commanders game. Oh, jeez. Uh, hey, work the angle that you got. I guess. Listen, I don't know, right? get fans in the stands. Isn't that what it's about? Yeah. And then yeah. break them with uh, concessions. Merchandise. And you got yeah. <laughs> You go to the stadium. You got to use your your Whole Foods app. Every every corner of the stadium has a Whole Foods market waiting for you. Oh, I like it. I, I'm 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 down for it. It'd be like this. Uh, you've seen those little Amazon uh, markets that have popped up in like Seattle and stuff. Yeah. You just walk in, you know, you scan like your phone or whatever, and then you walk right out. You don't check out and it counts for everything. Yep. It'll be just like that. It'll be great. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, you might not even be sitting in a seat. It might just be a TV screen in front of you. It's like, oh, look, you're in a seat now. Like a VR type situation, maybe. Who knows? Everyone gets yeah. every seat in the arena has their own speakers. It's just streaming live <laughs> from your home. <laughs> That'd be oh. amazing. But uh, yeah, so, um, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Are you guys you guys happy I mean, to a, finally get out of there? Yeah, I think I think it's been a long time coming, and and uh, you know, it, I don't I don't try I I don't know I don't want to say I don't try to get into the drama aspect of it all, but I just think that you know when enough fingers have been pointed at you for as long as it has so many. It for so many times so many like, different situations yeah. too um now th- that's not 
not not to say that obviously there's other organizations in this league that have owners that are you know are you fans of any <laughs> uh no i think you um, are but they have they have they have they have a little shady shady um fast um, so. like, or say had a or say had some stuff going on oh yeah 100 percent. that's what i'm saying that's why i'm like <laughs> so you are I, a fan I, of what honestly honestly i think that Ursay should probably not be in the position that he is. I mean, he, I mean, it just it. Um, and I mean, I mean, we'll Robert get to Kraft and his bit. and his little, you know, incident <laughs> incidents down in Florida and and whatnot. So, listen, I, man, he's he's retiring down there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing what every north north uh northeastern older man does goes down to Florida. That's right. You can't have a Super Bowl in Miami. Yeah, you can't have a Super Bowl down in Miami and not experience the uh, the culture, if you will, the, the fine culture. Uh, yeah. So I, again, it is it is what it is. You know, um, it's just I think it was just became too much for the the league and uh, the other owners to say, "Listen, bro, you're done. Like, you need to you need to sell." <laughs> um. So, yeah. Sorry. Oh, got the Islanders game on on the side. Oh, you're good. They you're just good. Came, oh, it's like they, they just came back <laughs> from three one down in the third period and they're winning four three right now. Oh. Anyway, go on. Casuals. Extremely excited. Live play by play chat. This might end early. Uh, yeah. So, what's next? Uh, what do we got here? Um. Well, we said we were t- we said we were talking, you know, front office a little bit. Jerry Jones teasing uh, uh, OBJ signing. I mean, is that a possibility? Uh, you I know, mean, I mean, but this is what Jerry Jones, you know, does. He is yeah. he's not like any other owner in the NFL. He is literally also the GM, right? Yeah, and he is also the most outspoken owner of every NFL team. Yeah. He literally has a po- like he steps in on a local radio show and does a podcast every single like Monday or Tuesday uh, to talk about his team. Yeah. And it, of course he's going to say stuff like this. He wants, you know, to have the hype kind of team who's playing pretty good right now and everyone wants OBJ. Um I mean, OBJ would fit in probably pretty nicely there in Dallas. It, my thing is is like I mean, we're what? What week are we in now? Nine. Yeah. Like, how has he not been signed yet? Well, he's hurt. He's. It, he, he, I know he's, he's hurt. He's recovering like, from the ACL or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That happened. I know, so, but like, he's he's a he's just a couple weeks away, right? Like, it's close. I mean, they're, they're saying probably like maybe week twelve, week thirteen is when you'll probably see him again. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But there's a lot, like, lot of teams that could use OBJ right now. Yeah, and OBJ said he has got offers. But they haven't been the right number. Supposedly the Rams lowballed him. He said, um, which is I don't know what he's hearing. <laughs> like I don't know how much he's um, you know expecting when he's going to play maybe five, six games and maybe in the playoffs. Uh, you know to get from these teams, but like it can't be more than a couple mil, right? It's got to be more than Deshaun uh, Deshaun Jackson. That's what it's got to be. 
No, but Jerry Jones, man. Jerry Jones just, you know what he reminds me of? You ever, you, you get, you've all seen the movie uh, Eddie with Who- Whoopi Goldberg, right? Yes. He, he reminds me of the owner in that movie, Wild Bill. Just always putting on a show. He's like, a, he, like kind of like that used car salesman, um, you know, wacky inflatable tube man. He's like, oh, come here on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You'll see the finest product in all the world. Like, he's just always trying to create the mystery, the drama around his team to get the fans in the stands. He just, he, he's a showman. He is a showman. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's it's funny to watch. Yeah. And as as he is uh getting older and older, you start thinking that uh you know, maybe times are catching up on him too, sometimes with the way he talks. Hey man, he was all about Cooper Rush. And Jerry Jones, he's eighty years old. I and mean, he looks great for him. Don't get me wrong. Well, when you have fuck you money, you can <laughs> pardon my French, but you're <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I, it, it's it, to me. I think that the teams that probably need OBJ the most probably would be one of them. Would be Dallas. Uh, I could see your uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just Do they because- really need? Another wide receiver. They just need wide receivers to catch the ball. Well, that's true like, too. They, they can't drop. They're open. That's true. We um, just need to get rid of Julio Jones. So he was a waste of ten million dollars. I could have told you that. For. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Giants. Yeah, Giants definitely could use him. I I don't know how much that bridge has been burned for both sides there. I know that the Giants right. said that they'd be willing to uh, revisit an OBJ. I don't know OBJ's take on that. Um, well, other than the, the both GM and coach are out from that time that's period, That's true, right? and, the, and the QB. Yeah. yeah. You, you know who reminds me who... OBJ kind of reminds me of right now. It's from a movie. From a movie. Hold on. Oh. I kind of, I think I know what you're going to say, but I, I, I can't get it off the tip of my tongue. Who is it? Cuba Gooding Jr. In. Yep. Show me the money. Yep. Show me the money. That's what is I was it, thinking. Because he was hurt. And but he's like, I go across him, you know, middle. And it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I just, it just, it just kind of has that that vibe to it, right? Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, 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 no. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Basically, it's their personality like, and everything too. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was a great movie. Don't get me wrong. And, and they both had a uh, like rap music videos and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you can lean on that as well. I mean, it's just like where where, where would it stop? Actually? I don't know why Willie um, Beeman came to mind too for me. Oh yeah, but he was a quarterback. But uh, I don't know. I I think I you know, obviously my Eagles don't need a wide receiver. Um, we're good. And uh, then just Buffalo. I think it's really the only viable that, team. I was They're, I was Buffalo I mean, was going to be my next one. Wide receiver though. Oh. Well, 
but they do. Like that's it, the thing. It it's like be, you, yeah, you can only rely on your number one guy for so much. Like, yeah, but Gabe Davis is killing it. it. But I yeah, don't. But, I don't yeah. think that was the issue. I think I don't know. I'm not really sure what the issue was this week. I think the Jets just had a good game plan but, against them. But the Jets had a great game plan, and they have overall very good defense. Obviously, Sauce Gardner right. is an absolute monster, uh, especially for a rookie corner. Yeah. Although, was it just me, or was that last uh, play after, and we'll get into Josh Allen's elbow, after he was like grabbing his elbow and stuff, he threw that like 80-yard bomb? That was a pass interference. Am I wrong? Like, Gardner, Sauce Gardner didn't even turn around. He just, he ran through Gabe Davis. Gabe I, Davis is trying to come back to the ball. So I, I, was, I was watching that live. I was like, how is that not pass interference? Yeah, I, honestly, I wasn't watching that game. I mean, I, at Unfortunately, that point I did time, not. I did not get that uh, <laughs> game on in my zone. Well, I got red um, zone, so I got all the games. All the games. It's the only way to live. Um, Okay, Scrooge McDuck. I'm trying to remember what it's I was free. What, what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We're just talking about Jerry Jones being crazy, OBJ signing places but and yeah, stuff. O- and what OBJ teams? Yeah, you know, the Rams could use OBJ too. Yeah, which is I why it's surprising that they, they lowballed him. Yeah, I, I think but they they might be too far gone at this. Oh, point they are. Yeah, consider. yeah. That's the pro- That's the thing. Is that they you know were I'm saying like, that's mm. the team that needed him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, Allen Robinson's not. He's been a bust. Yeah, they also literally. don't use him a lot too, but uh, that's that's a whole other topic. I don't even want to get into that one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll never finish this hurts, podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you talked about it, or you brought it up a little bit, but Josh Allen, yeah, um, in the Jets game, supposedly um, a UCL uh, elbow injury. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure he's playing. You know, injured. Uh, at that point, but uh, yeah, we, we don't know how serious it is. They're being pretty hush hush about yeah. it. Yeah, it's a little scary and, that they're not like kind of being like, yeah, he's fine, he'll be playing. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's still. I mean, he threw for two hundred five yards, but he threw two interceptions before he got hurt. Supposedly. Right, and he got injured towards the end of the game. Yeah, what? and then I, I mean, he ran, he rushed, and, and we talked about this before. And I don't care what anybody says. When you take the chance as a running quarterback, like he has been, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. But that's not How where he got you hurt. Are, no, I understand. But he got hurt but, when he went to make a throw, and the and and the defensive lineman got his hand on his arm as he was throwing. You know, your right. typical. Yeah, but I think it's the overall trauma of the body throughout a game that that just adds up to it. And when you're taking extra hits and you're running the ball like that, yeah, because I would say, I would be willing to bet if you, this year he's better about it, but I would still say three out of 10 times. He doesn't slide at least. No, no he's getting that extra yardage. He lowers the shoulder and, and goes. And that to me is, is in there. Will in lies the problem. And I understand he's a, he's he wants to be a winner and all this other stuff, but as the quarterback and the, and the face of the franchise right now, I mean, you know he he did take it on his shoulders at the end. You know he's like, uh, you know, what do you say, a quarterback that plays like crap or whatever? <laughs> yeah, he, you know. he said, you know, 
quarterback that plays like bleep. He's like, yeah. you know, what, 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 why'd you guys lose or whatever? It's like, well, when you have a quarterback that played like, you know, BCs. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just, I mean, I don't, I, that's the thing is I don't feel like there's, there's time, there's situational times when he does it and he doesn't need to. I guess if that, if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like when watching him, it's like, okay, <clears throat> yeah, get, get your few yards or whatever and get down or throw the ball away or whatever. <clears throat> but uh, he's, he's still learning, I guess, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, you know, we've seen Tom Brady, you know, be injured in the past, right? But he's always been pretty smart about trying to keep himself upright. Well, it's mostly willing, his offensive line, but yeah. Right, right. As, <laughs> mu- as much as his offensive line his is allowing, right? Pretty crazy. <clears throat> right. But <clears throat> even still, though, like, he didn't push the envelope. But he still won. So I don't know. I it'll be interesting to see like what they come out with and and where they say uh, and where the uh, issues are in in his injury. Uh, who's the backup there? You know what? I don't even know. Um, it's a good question. Who the backup is there? I don't think we ever thought of potentially seeing that. Um, who is the Matt backup? Barkley? Matt Barkley is it Matt Barkley? Yeah, yeah. and Case Keenum. I mean. Right, Case Keenum as well. So would it be Case Keenum first? I think is the. Yeah, I would. I would I definitely say Case, Case yeah. Keenum is the one that's the backup, and then Barkley would be the third string. I'm sure. Um, I didn't even know Barkley was still. Listen, in the I mean, Case Keenum could probably hold the team upright. Um, for a week or two. But, yeah. You know, a team's in trouble. I mean, they, I think they set themselves up well enough that they could go a week or two without Josh Allen. And still be fine. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what do they got left? What do they got left? They got uh, Minnesota, which is a, I mean, a this tough is gonna game. be a, this is gonna be a tough game because you you got Minnesota, who's pretty good, but like yeah. a strange team. I don't know, Minnesota man. It they, they they're like the Giants for me. Like they they they're winning but they look like they shouldn't be winning right. by the way they win right they look like they should be losing but they find ways to win every week yeah um that's why i'm just yeah. never sold on them i know they've only got one loss but it's like they should be more dominant when you have justin jefferson you have adam thielen you have tj hawkinson now you have dalvin cook dalvin cook's not doing too much He's really no. not, but like, and then Kirk Cousin plays like half a game. I say it every time. He plays half yeah. a game. Watch the game. Look at the stats. He shows up in the first quarter potentially, and in the fourth quarter when they're down, and he needs to come from behind win. It's like he intentionally does that. He he lives every week in the you like that moment. Yeah, I think he did it the one time. He's like, I like the way this feels. Let's do it every time. <laughs> he doesn't look like a good old uh, heart attack. Yeah. You follow Minnesota up with Cleveland, and I mean, I mean, Cleveland's not great, but they're not bad. Like, you know, what I mean, like they have nope, glimpses they beat up of Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, it could, and and they come off 
They're coming off bye week. Couple week, right? of, in a couple of weeks, Deshaun Watson comes back too. Yeah, Cleveland. Um, so the, yeah. But we'll see what happens with Josh Allen and the Bills. Um, I think they'll be fine. Um, it's it just an, it's just a matter of how injured that elbow is. Is this yeah. something that he could put a compression sleeve on it and he'll be fine? And it just keeps I, everything in place. Well, here's, here's the kicker: back to back games against the teams they lost against. On the December 11th, they have New York, and then December 18th, they have Miami. Oh, so that's that's what the not not next not not next. That's week. a month a month from a now. Month from now. So, I mean, that's towards the end of the season there. So we'll yeah. s- we'll see where I mean, they can. It end gives up. him time to get it. I guess in a sense healthier or whatever, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out this week and then he gets back in the next week. But unless he's unless they look and it's like, hey, you need Tommy John surgery, right? Isn't that UCL? Yeah. Um, and that's no joke. No, you're talking. You're talking. Maybe a full. He may miss the rest of this year and all. I don't of next know year. if it's to that extent based right. off the but fact Tommy, of the pass he threw John, after. Because I'm yeah. if because if you hurt your your elbow to the point of Tommy John surgery, I don't think you're throwing that ball the way he did. Yeah, like he would have been in instant pain and on the ground. Yeah, but I don't know. Never had it, so um, I wouldn't know. No, but I've I, I when I was going through my physical therapy for my injury I had they they the injury I had has actually. Really, uh, normal was kind of normal for pitchers because there's a your bicep goes up and over your your sh- into your shoulder and stuff. And he says because of the the snap and the throw that that muscle ends up detaching in your um in your shoulder area. And so, but he said next it's the next most common one to to Tommy John. But he said the recovery for this one is you know six months. The recovery for a Tommy John is six, is nine months to you know fifteen, like depending on the, yeah, more depending on the, the amount of damage, damage, and and how much they have to do to it, and if 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 even possibly coming back and being able to the do, same still level. come back, but yeah. like you know, can you be can, able to throw it at, like you did? Right, right. Well, well, let's hope it doesn't. It doesn't get there for all our sakes. Yeah, no, we for sure. See, for him and for all our sakes, because we love watching watching Josh Allen throw yeah, the ball. No, for <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see who else we got. Uh, we're talking a little bit about front office still, right? I mean, we kind of went off yeah. into players, but still talking a little bit about front office here in Indy. Uh, a few weeks too late, but Indy coach Frank Wright out, gone. See ya. Uh, I don't hate the guy. I just don't think he was the right guy for the job. And I've said that for a while. Um, I think originally I thought it was like, okay, maybe. And then they brought in Carson and, and you know, that was in itself was a train wreck with everything that was going on. And, you know, <clears throat> the politicization of the no, no shot or this or that and all that stuff. But, um, he just didn't control the locker room, and I talked about this the other day in uh, in my buddy's stream. And, and it, it's a situation where, and maybe we touched about it a little bit last week. I don't remember um, where I feel like 
you go you go to New England. Granted, New England's having a, not a great year, not a whole, you know what I mean. But like you go, you're playing for Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter if you're a first rounder. If you don't buy into the system of Bill Belichick, you're gone. Right. They didn't have and, that kind of structure. Yeah, we didn't, and, and yeah, especially here. Yeah, I mean, when you have a owner who abuses women and drugs. I mean, uh, but anyways, uh, just it just is a situation where it, it was just a weird fit, and and it didn't fit, and so um, he could never really gain control of the locker room. I feel like I don't think that um, you know, obviously some are. We've had injuries and stuff like that, but at the same time, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been injured now, uh, and I, I, people were saying in, in my friend's stream, he's like, they were like, "Hey, JT needs to get out." No, JT is what we need to build off of. Yeah, like that's that's where we need to. Okay, we have this running back that's really good. What can we do to surround him? Well, first and foremost, we need to get we need to stop with the band aid quarterback situation. Right, we've That's, had uh, Philip Rivers <laughs> since since Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Ryan, Arson Wentz, and now we're on Sam Ellinger, who's I don't think Sam Ellinger is a bad quarterback. I just think that he need, he hasn't been in the right I coach. Mean, it's it's early. Of, it's, I mean, yeah, you know, a but lot of quarterbacks get thrown today, in his situation. It's it's tough. Yeah, announced today. From interim head coach Jeff Saturday for the Indianapolis Colts, Sam Ellinger will be the quarter, the starting quarterback going for the rest of the season. You know, prior, pending he doesn't get That's hurt. That's right. Every time you come into practice in the morning, you get ready. You have a plate of pancakes ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Jeff Saturday way. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff Saturday. Um, I mean he. he it's interesting that he's brought in as the head coach, interim head coach, though. He, it was, he it wasn't was, even it was kind in, of like, it, like yeah. usually it's someone that gets elevated. He was working for ESPN. Yeah, I he's think. doing it like literally what I was saying. He does his pancake awards and all of a sudden. Like, yeah. For um, best like offensive lineman pancakes uh, of the week. Yeah, but he's next to Peyton Manning here in Indianapolis. Right. Jeff Saturday is up there on the pedestal. The most beloved. Um, Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he, a buddy John of mine Unitas. works. Yeah, he he works for uh, or he works with uh, a company that a, a buddy of mine works for, a mortgage company. Um, he's part owner in that, and um, and he he is a hundred percent a great dude. I've met him a couple of times, and um, like a lot of organizations that he that he does and raises money for and does all this stuff and charity work and all this other stuff. He he I he's a he's a good guy. Now that's now. Besides, we're looking at this. He's a great guy, type thing. Is he going to be a good coach? Here's the thing: people are saying I don't think he's going to be a good coach. I'm like, listen, he knows the culture, he knows the background, he knows everything, pretty much in the system, the way it needs to be done, and how to how to expand and and to bring it to being better. I also, having been a player with within the last few years, or what was it, five years, six years. Yeah, six or seven years ago. Six or, or seven years ago. Yeah, when he retired. But he's still fresh enough to be able to garner the respect and the control of the locker room. Yeah. And I and I think that that's going to say a lot in there because he's not going to take the crap from the guys that, you know, were doing whatever, 
possibly doing or whatever in and trying to control the team. From yeah, the he'll, he'll be like, he'll be coming in and be like, you know, and me and Peyton and Marvin and uh, Reggie Wayne and yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, and and then just again, it, it's it's one of them things where um, that Dwight Free, it's back intern, then too, right? right? Was that yeah, Dwight Freeney, Robert yeah. Mathis? Yeah, yeah. It was great teams back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I I feel it's it's for as as it being an interim head coach, the Colts aren't going anywhere this year. I mean, they're what are they three and six or something like that? Three yeah. five and yeah. one. That's right. Three five because they had the tie, the first game of the year. But they're um, they're not out of it, right? <laughs> I mean, statistically, no. If they were to win out, but the, the it's like I don't know. I don't know what the percentage of them actually. I mean, the Titans are running away with it. I no, mean, the, yeah, Titans got like a two or three game lead on them. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. We'll and see. Even them, they're we'll going through happens. their quarterback woes. Oh well, yeah. I mean, well, Tannehill went down, and then, I mean, Willis looked good. Um. Good-ish. Good-ish. I mean, it, 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 another against one. Kansas City, he didn't look that great, but, I mean, playing against Kansas City, I mean, he, he looked decent. I mean, enough that they they were playing well first half. <laughs> um, uh, he, he, yeah. he just has a different dimension. But, anyways, yeah. like, the... So, you know, like, like you kind of said, the Jeff Saturday thing, you know, is he going to be... You know the next, you know Sean McVay or whatever. You know as far as like you know offensive intellect. No, but he, again, he, he's 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 there to set a culture for them a hundred percent. Um, you know, uh, you, you hear the stories about uh, uh, like Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday. You know, even though they're best of friends or whatever, getting into it about play calls, right? Because Peyton was yes, he had an offensive coordinator, but Peyton. And gets to the line, he makes the call. Yeah, right. He audibles to what he wants. To he do. makes the audible or whatever. And there's a uh, famous video of him getting into it on the sideline, where Peyton literally just looks at him. No, Jeff, we're not doing this. You we're know, running you the ball or something and, like that. Yeah, yeah. He said, "You shut up. We're running this play." Like I think Jeff said, "He want to run the ball." Like, yeah. But you know that that just goes to show you, like you know, when you have someone who is such high football IQ and Peyton Manning, right? And you have Jeff Saturday as his center for basically most of the time um, that yeah. that Peyton was there. Like Jeff Saturday was probably the second most knowledgeable player on that team as far as that offensive scheme. So I have no doubt in my mind that you know he's going to help implement that. Um, as far as to why he got this job over you know like like uh, Tom was saying you know over like another coordinator that's on the team and stuff. Last week they let go of their offensive coordinator. Obviously, they let go of Frank Reich yesterday. Um, and Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator in the whole offensive game plan anyways. Uh, and their defensive coordinator is... Um, why am I blanking on his name? He's a former uh, coach for Jaguars for a few years. And do you remember his name? Uh, give me a I'm second. I'm on his name right now. I'm just no, it's okay. But... So you got two former NFL head coaches on that coaching staff currently. One is John Fox, who was a head coach for the Broncos and Panthers and Bears. Um, and then you have Ben. Ben. I don't. Okay. Oh, no. That's okay. I don't even it's know okay. who the defensive. Coordinator. It's fine. 
it's fine. It's okay. But you basically got two former head coaches on that team. They didn't get the interim position, uh, probably because at this point in time, Jim Mersey has probably said, in the season, you're, you're all you're gone. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a, that's a big reason that's why neither of them got that position. Um, but I'm sure this is the first time that an interim coach has been brought in externally, but not only externally, but only having as much of a high school coaching on the resume. Yeah, which is um, crazy. Which is very crazy. Those kids Definitely are really good, big... though. <laughs> kids show Gus a lot of promise. Gus Bradley, that's who it is. Gus Bradley, the uh, uh, defensive coordinator for the Colts. Um. But yeah, it's, you I know. mean, we've we have drafted pretty good defensive players, and we were supposed to have like a pretty dang good defense this year. Granted, yeah. gone through a little bit of injury bug here and stuff like that here and there. But next man up, man. Exactly, and it, it, it just—I don't know. I look at it as a, like you said, a culture thing. A a or we're starting with a clean ass slate next year. Yeah, I mean, you think GM's going to be gone at the end of this year too? Probably should be. I mean, did, did you guys hear about the um, the reports of Jim Ursay having his daughter down there on the sideline, taking notes and going over play calling and stuff with the coaches? No, I didn't hear that. Oh, I didn't. No. Um, yeah. So his. <laughs> His his daughter is literally down on the sideline wearing, uh, you know, the, the QB wristband with like the play calls and stuff. Uh huh. And she has a headset that is linked directly to the headset that is going to the quarterback and to the offensive coordinator and the head coach. And she has been taking notes for the last like three weeks per Jim Ursay. Nice. I mean, okay. So, so, so is there potentially trying to bring her into the fold there like does she have oh, any who knows experience it. i mean, I, mean? Like, I, I think I, I think it's just very interesting that you know the owner is getting that involved uh to where he's literally monitoring every move so this this firing for frank Wright should not be surprising whatsoever if you have something like that going on no i mean i don't think it was surprising anyway with the way the colts have been playing it yeah not surprising um but you know they just haven't yeah. been putting a, a good QB out there. You know, I, I kind of I mean, laughed when they uh, well, said yeah. Matt Ryan. I was like, the guy's, you know, struggled in Atlanta with lots of good targets. and But, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let's see if Jeff, Jeff Saturday can change the culture. Maybe the culture will, will do, you know, do something there. You have some good young players. You know, Sam Ellinger, you still don't know on. It's early for him. You know, you know you got Jonathan Taylor. Who's was a stud last year? Has been banged up this year, so he may have an opportunity to come back and perform again, especially with Naheem Hines gone. Um, and then yeah, you, you you have some wide receivers. Pittman really good. Um, Paris Campbell's been Did playing well. His... Um, Alec well, Alec Pierce, yeah. Um, looks looks like he could be a pretty good wide receiver in the league. So, Ali Cox, a decent tight end, been very I mean, strong. It's just over the they, line, they have a they have a the pretty line. they they have a pretty um you know easy first game in a sense with the Raiders could be pretty evenly matched. 
Uh, the Raiders just have not looked good. They've been very up and down. They can't, you know, they can't finish games at this point. Finish, yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of finishing a game, um, Tom Brady going vintage Tom Brady with what? 45 seconds left? He was some, terrible. Some on those lines. He was terrible Tom for three quarters and 14 minutes of the game and then all of a sudden I mean I, I can't even really even put it too much on him. Mike Evans dropped how many passes? Chris Godwin dropping passes. Scotty Miller dropping a touchdown in the end zone. The drive yeah, right think, before the game winning drive. I think in total there was like eight or nine drops. Yeah, in one it, game. So, so many, and a lot of them were in crucial areas. You know, third down, like you said, Scotty Miller with a touchdown that should have literally, it literally hit him in the face mask. Like, you got to catch that. Yeah. Like, there's just no, no reason for um, uh, I'll go on my, you know, couple minute rain on it. You know, Ugly win. A win's a win, though. Um, you know, the Rams' defense is still good, regardless of, you know, whatever their offense is doing. <laughs> um, anytime you're going against, you know, Jalen Ramsey in the corner and, you know, Aaron Donald, obviously, you know, putting that pressure on you. Um, but uh, at, at this point, you know, I'm almost putting, putting my, you know, name in the half off the coordinator in the future. Uh, and I just say that we do a no huddle offense because that's the only time we actually do it. It looks like. <laughs> I mean, put, put the two minute pressure on. No huddle offense. That's like the Tom Brady special, right? Yeah. Um, anytime we put the pressure on and we're just go, 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 that's when our team flourishes. You know, you're talking, you know, one and a half, two second release time on second the ball snap to when the ball's out of Tom Brady's hands. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're shorter sh- routes. They're struggling creating holes for Leonard Fournette. Like, it's just, he seems like Leonard Fournette's run, getting hit as soon as he touches the ball. The run game's not looking good. Run blocking's not go- looking good. And honestly, Leonard Fournette and Rashad White both, they're just they're not making use of anything. You know, you can blame them on the line all you want, but at the same time, running backs got to be able to make moves, especially, you know, someone like Leonard Fournette who is getting paid a lot of money right yeah. now. Um, we he's that power running year. back a little bit more. He's supposed to be able to get into the open space, and then when people converge on him, knock those guys over. The one or right, yeah. two guys. He's not supposed to Truck be em. the guy that's supposed to break through the line, uh, filled with bodies. Um, it's not necessarily yeah, he, him. He, he's back there tap dancing behind the line, trying to wait, find a hole. And I, I get you know, there's not always going to be a hole, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure something out a little bit to an extent. Um, I think we're looking at possibly next week, the week after, Ryan Jensen, the Pro Bowl center, should be back um, from his injury that happened day one of practice in the preseason. Uh, that'll be a large upgrade on our offensive line. Um, he's the leader on that team, so I'm hoping, hoping that helps turn around our offensive line woes. And uh, we, you know, we're still in it. You know, I think Bucks are technically half a game out for first place in the division, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's see, let's see. Actually, we are in first in the division. Yeah, first in the division, but you're tied with um, Atlanta, no? Uh, uh, as far as record goes, technically we take um, first place because of uh, our divisional record. We're 2-1 and one in the division. Um, also, the But wasn't Atlanta in first place last week? Yes, but they um, they both they both won. 
Yes. Uh, so even though we have the same record, Bucks have a better divisional record, and also the Bucks beat the Falcons earlier this year. So technically, we do take the tiebreaker. And then, because hmm. uh, I remember them saying so when it was, uh, I think it was last week, whoever won between Carolina and the Falcons were going to be the first place team. Correct. Yeah, because at that point in time, Carolina um, Falcons winning that game put them at uh, four and four. Um, that would have put them in the lead, but Carolina would have been at three and five if they would have won. Um, but they would have won the tiebreaker with the Bucks because of beating the Bucks in the prior week. So weird. I don't know. Anyway, it, yeah, it's yeah, it all it all gets weird. Right, right. But yeah, so you know, uh, the Bucks head overseas this week, um, to Germany to yeah. play against the Seahawks, playing in Munich, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, so that'll be Munich. That that'll be fun. Um, Seahawks are on a on a roll. So uh, is this you know, uh, Tom Brady's like bachelor party weekend? You mean you mean, you mean release party? <laughs> well, release party, divorce party, back into the wild party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he gonna know. find himself another hot model in in Germany? He missed Oktoberfest, so right. Um. Well, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I just hope I hope we can get another one out of this one as a, as a Bucks fan. Um, I'll uh, I'll be up early Saturday morning watching it. Yeah. It'll be tough. Seattle's been playing good, so it'll be interesting to see. Very, 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 very yeah, good offense and they're yeah. good. So Bucks defense looked really good last week. Um, hope hope it stays that way though. All right. Speaking of older quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers throws three picks, two of them in the red zone. The third one was just outside the red zone. Like, you know, he's, he's been doing these press conferences, calling out his, his wide receivers, his teammates. I know Romeo Dobbs went down in that game, um, which is a tough blow. But, I mean, Romeo Dobbs hasn't been really doing too much for him just yet. No, probably one of those wide receivers or players on his squad that he's calling out. Um, at this point, do the Packers throw in the towel and, and, and see what they got with Jordan Love. Like it looks like Aaron Rodgers' time is coming to an end here. I mean, for the sake of it, like understandably so he gets in their behinds in the first, you know, week or two or I mean he's been doing it repeatedly, but I'm just saying but do you think they just quit on him? Or do you just think that he's just not playing that good like you know what i mean because i've seen some of the routes and i'm like yeah that's a half-ass route or you know what i mean like i've seen it, it could where be it's like you know I mean, it is a little bit of both like there's animosity there so the, they're just like fuck this guy yeah, if i, I mean, can get him out if i can get him out of the that that spot they could, they could you know? be tired of his shenanigans and him just calling them out non-stop i mean think about it like there's a different mentality with you know the the kids that are coming into professional sports and that are that are getting to this age now right like they don't like to be yelled at um you know being yelled at's not fun nobody nobody liked to be yelled at but a lot of people used it as motivation to be better and you know constructive criticism right but i don't know when you're doing it in public the way aaron Rodgers is doing it you're gonna get much respect from players so there could be something to that where they're maybe not running the routes fully um i mean 
thing is, you got Robert Tanyan and Aaron Jones have been with him for some time now, so I don't think they're really the ones to have that kind of. I'm not doing. I'm 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 selling him out. So you're talking about Christian Watson. You're talking about maybe even Sammy Watkins. You know, you're talking about um, you're talking about Romeo Dobbs, but I mean he got hurt. So some of those players maybe was Amari Rogers is one of them as well. Um, maybe maybe they're selling him out a little bit, but I don't think I think his interceptions were all on him this week. Yeah, I truly do. He threw it right to a defender. He didn't he didn't throw it. And someone wasn't where they weren't supposed to be, you know, wasn't where they were supposed to be. There was a defender there. So you could see that defender was, was there. Why are you throwing it? So I don't know. I think all the other weeks were not on him. This week was definitely on him. Those are some bad interceptions. Yeah. Very um, unlike Aaron Rodgers. Uh, very surprising. And is his performance this past week, especially against a uh, Lions defense yeah. who has has been known for giving up a ton of points uh, yeah. this year, and that's part of the reason why their record is the way it is. They have a pretty solid offense for most of the year, but their defense just typically doesn't keep up. Um, so to be held down to, to nine points, um, it, it's disappointing. Uh, I know, you know, we talk about okay, is it is it time for Aaron Rodgers to hang up please or Packers to sit him? I feel like they only go that route if they, their message is okay, Aaron, we're we're done, right? Like if if they if they sit him at any point without any actual injury reason, it's either Aaron Rodgers is returning at the end of the year or Aaron Rodgers is being released, right? Um, Which they, but they just signed him, right? So yeah, they just signed him to an extension. Um, I don't remember if it was for two or three years or whatever, but yeah, I think if he gets that, that's, that's what the message is. It's, you know, yeah. Hey, we appreciate it. Um, but I, yeah, they're just in this year. Aaron Rodgers ends up in Las Vegas back with Devontae Adams. Watch <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, you laugh. Hey, but listen, watch. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still slightly, you know, crossing my fingers that if Tom Brady hangs it up this year, Aaron Rodgers just comes. Why Florida? You know, just have another number twelve and uh, another know. old man QB for a couple of years. We'll I try think, out the Colts method to, and see if it works for us. I think you need to find your next quarterback, not the next quarterback for two years. I don't know. I think better weapons down here in Tampa, though. Yeah, you know, you're but, you're you're right. But, but Rodgers has to take a pay cut. He's got he's got to do the Tom Brady thing if he wants to win. If not, he he might as well just hang him up. Yeah, then you'd be having to take some ayahuasca if you think that was going to happen. Anyway, speak of things that are crazy, let's talk about Gage's trash can power rankings for the week. Oh, I I can't wait to hear this. Anticipating this, you didn't even put in. You didn't even put in here what your what your five your five is. You're saving it. I I didn't. I did. I didn't put on the list. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I I wanted to keep it a little bit secretive this week because um oh my goodness it, it's it's definitely taking me you know some time to to really think about it. All right, so let's get we'll, let's go with your number five. Who's your number five? All right, number five this week is going to be the Minnesota Vikings again. Okay, so they stay last week, right? Yep. Yeah, they stay. Um, again. 
Uh, really happy about the TJ Hawkinson signing. He he came out and he balled out. Um, so as they continue to get more reps with him in there, that's just another weapon for them to have. Right. Uh, their division overall looks to be pretty lacking with you know, Green Bay, obviously, on the downturn. Detroit's pretty much out of it at this point. Chicago seems to be on the up with uh, Justin Fields, but you know their record's still looking great. So they're definitely, um, as, as a team, going to win their division, I feel. Uh, and uh, um, I, I just I have a lot of hope for Kirk Cousins to stop playing this, you know, Jekyll and Hyde yeah. in his games. Um, My fantasy fo- football team would enjoy that, too. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep Minnesota there at five. Uh, number four. Um, we're gonna keep Miami in there. I think I had Miami in number four last week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, right. So Miami had a very close game this week against uh against Chicago. They let um Justin Fields run all over them. Yeah, and uh, they they held it out. Um, you know they scored thirty five points in offense. Uh, you know the the Bradley Chubb signing. It hasn't 100%, you know, come to fruition yet. But it's one week, you know, give him a couple weeks in the system. Um, you know, figure out his assignments other than pass rushing, you know, the different stunts they run. Um, he'll get more comfortable in there and you'll start seeing some production, I would say, in the next two weeks. Um, but, you know, to uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, it, it looks great. Jeff Wilson was a recent signing. You know, granted, he knows the system that Mike McDaniel's running. Uh, he outran Mer- Raheem Mostert already in week one, and both passing and catching as well. Right. He did some um, pass catching, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it was a great signing for them to add on that second back after uh, sending Chase, Chase Edmonds out. Um, I still have them in number four. I think their, their offense is highly potent. And we'll continue on. Number three. Here's where it gets good. This is where it gets good. I have a team falling from the number one spot. Oh. Number three. And that is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Okay. So Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, I'm, I'm scared with that injury um, to the elbow for, for Josh Allen. Um, you know, he, he might not say it's a, not affecting him yet. But that is not an injury, even if it's just a strain and it's not something that requires surgery. Uh, even though you could still go with it, it makes it more likely that it's going to be a, you know, an issue with not only performance, but also a potential of actually tearing if it is strained. Right. Um, so it is a scary thought, especially with the way that he, he typically throws, right? He said the last play of the game, he throws a 70 yard bomb, right? He's got an inhuman uh, arm strength. So I think that's going to, you know, he's not going to have a ton of those every single game. Um, so I think that brings down their offensive potential uh, for the deep ball because that's, they definitely thrive on that with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Now they're going to have to go more shorter, more intermediate routes, and the receivers do the work. I definitely think those receivers can do it, but. It's not the the highest of the potential that they should be doing. Um, number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Okay. Despite Kansas City losing to Buffalo, um, I, I think that uh, you know it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. You know uh, he's not going to let that happen twice in one season. I feel uh, when they do later on meet up in the playoffs, which is you know more than likely. Um, they had a very very close game against the Titans uh, this week, where um, you know Patrick Mahomes kind of led them a little bit later in the game uh, to an overtime. To, to win and getting that two point conversion, you know, doing the Mahomes kind of things. Um, Tennessee, is, I think, is one of the most underrated teams, especially defensively. Uh, so they did a great job of game plan against Kansas City. Plus, Tennessee plays that kind of hard nosed football on offense where they waste a lot of time of possession. Uh, so keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field was very key for them. Uh, Kansas City, once again, just finding a way to win. Very, very happy for them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think he's right now the front runner for MVP. Um, and they'll just keep it up there. Number one, a team that I'm finally giving the number one to after all this time this year, the Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to give it to the only undefeated team in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you happy now, Ben? Time. Are you happy? I'm happy. Okay. All right. It uh, only yeah. took them being eight. No. I feel like <sighs> this week is the week that it's like undisputable that the Eagles yeah, should you be know, number one. With with with, with Buffalo losing I, and I the think, potential yeah. Josh Allen ramifications, how injured he might actually be. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree I, with I, you. I definitely think it's time. Um, granted, you know. They put up good points against a uh, bad Houston Texans team, um, which is you know, we all expected. Um, but yeah, you know, Eagles and they're a very well the team. You know, their offense is very good in rushing. Jalen Hurts is efficient in the passing game. Doesn't give up a lot of interceptions this year. Defensively, they're doing you know they're fantastic. It's hard to not put them at number one right now. Uh, you know, unless they, you know, have some random, you know, loss in the next two or three weeks, they're, you know, a bad loss at that. I, I don't see them, you know, not being number one for a little bit. They had, they do have some pretty easy game over the next couple of weeks still. So yeah, I, I'm finally uh, giving it to Philly being the number one team in the, in the nation. About time. Yeah, no, I think that's a good pick um, for the number one. I agree with the number one, the two, the three. Um, I, I, I still personally think a couple teams that are in that mix there for the four and the five, um, you, you, you got to look. I, I, I still feel like that San Francisco and the Seahawks are ones to look at as potentially scraping that surface the giants are still kind of up in the air and dallas mm-hmm. as well should also be in that conversation yeah those should be like the probably the rounding out your top 10 yeah uh, absolutely um they definitely round on my top 10 right now um san fran and uh i'm sorry who else did you say san fran seattle and they, i mean oh, yeah. san fran and dallas they both had bye weeks this week if i'm not mistaken right they did yeah um so and there's no really there wasn't a reason for me to put them into the next spot until they have the next games. Um, but here's the deal. Like, and I get it. They just got CMC. I, I get it. 
but they're four and four. Yeah, but that defense is really good. Yeah, but but you got to put points on the board, which they and have CMC now. Yeah, I mean, but they scored thirty-one points against the Rams. They, you know, they the Rams got though. The, the Rams are not good this year. Well, defensively, the they're still, still pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're listen, Ben. In the, the Eagles I, have not played a really, really I'm not tough that they team have. yet. Okay, I'm not saying they have. Eagles have literally had the easiest schedule. They really do. When you look at the win loss, I'm not saying that record. makes them any less besides, impressive. Besides Dallas, because Dallas is supposed to have the like the top, but Dallas one, still two. didn't. They still didn't have Dak. They still had Cooper Rush. I, I, I don't even. I don't count that as them winning against a really good team. Twenty six points up against the top, one of the top defenses in the league. Okay. I mean, so, the Bucks put up the Bucks put up points against them too. Obviously, just, that doesn't mean a lot. I'm. I'm just saying. I I would I would I would not put. San Francisco in that boat until I see more of what they have now it together with CMC and and those guys and think about it, they I won those last two games basically without Debo Samuel too yeah this is also very very true so we haven't even seen the we haven't even seen the full squad yet and they're doing Boston it without Trey the Bears. Uh, they beat the Seahawks still fresh in the they love they lose against the Broncos. They lose against the Falcons, and obviously, you know they lost against the Chiefs. Hey, I mean, we're seeing the Falcons beat some pretty good teams, um, and they've been they've been playing some tough games. Um, they're just a run dominant. I'm not advocating for them into the top five. Honestly, or, the Falcons or, look like a better or, team than the Bucks right now. But what I am saying is, is defense not. But I, I'm just looking based looking based on record and where they're where they're. At now because I mean we're eight nine weeks in, I get nine it. weeks in. Like you're you're discounting. It, I, I feel like you're underappreciate like the, the New York Jets. I, I'm I mean, not underappreciating New York Jets. The no. New York Jets definitely are probably in that top ten conversation. I, I don't I don't trust Zach Wilson. That is my only thing with the Jets. Yeah, if agreed. it was literally a slightly better quarterback, Brees Hall in, being the out. Yeah, I and mean, their Elijah their Moore defense, situation. Their defense looks great, but yeah, their their offensive situation is not ideal right now. You know, yes, Michael Carter, he does a serviceable job with them. James Robinson, he's going to start getting into, he had a touchdown this past week. He's going to start getting that whole thing figured out. But offensively, I just don't, I don't trust them 100% yet unless their defense puts them in a good position. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of weeks left. It'd be interesting to see what's going to happen with now that full complement and the bye week um, for CMC to really get himself acclimated. It'd be yeah. uh, really interesting yeah, to see I, if they I, got Debo Samuel coming back too. I don't think San Francisco trades Jeff Wilson if they didn't have faith in CMC having full you know grasp on what his role is. Over Absolutely. The next, I mean, I think he know, already six, showed it. Weeks. He had a, a, a touchdown of every sort. In the last game he played, so it's he's literally had his hand in every aspect of an offensive touchdown. And they're going to the Chargers are so so this year. Um, but 
I mean, we'll see this Charger, weekend. Yeah, Chargers are just, they're literally a big roller coaster. Yep. Yeah. Um, Their injuries are ridiculous. But I don't, I mean, besides, okay. And I really like Tennessee. If, if Ryan Tannehill's a quarterback, I, I think they have high potential there. Um, yeah, I mean, you saw what they what the Tennessee was able to do in the first half against Kansas City and what Derrick Henry was able to do. I mean, he had, yeah, what, Derek, three, Derek four, Henry. 50-yard runs in the first, um, or some, maybe 30-plus-yard runs in the first half? I, he started out slow this year, but you know, in the second half of, of this like first quarter or whatever, um, last four games, he's, he's put up over 100 yards each one, and my fantasy team has definitely seen that help. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they've been giving him the ball more, too. I mean, yeah. I they, mean they, they're well, yeah. like, okay, we don't have wide receivers. Let's just stop throwing it. <laughs> if we're going to throw, we're going to throw it to Dontrell Hilliard, and that's about it. Um, I, I, I mean, Traylon Burks is nothing, but, you know, I don't want to get too much into them. We're running, uh, we're running out of time here. We're, 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 going, we're going pretty okay, long. Okay, okay. We're going but, pretty right, long. This is top well, five power rankings. We're not going down the whole list, but that's who our top five is. Trash uh, that's can, what it is. If you don't, yeah, trash can. If you don't like it, you can go out the door. Your Eagles are number one. You're welcome, Ben. <laughs> All right. I'll All right. This so speaking of things that are out the door, the MLB season's out the door. Finished off with the Astros yeah. winning another World Series. Some controversy around them again, but you know, these guys, they continue to win. Verlander's still really good, but He's teasing possible retirement here. And what what happened with <laughs> Kate Upton here is saying who wants to talk yeah, about so, so yeah, she so wants there's to um, play until he doesn't want to anymore. I mean, essentially. That's 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 amazing. Yeah, it it was um it was very interesting. He was sitting down doing a doing an interview, she was behind him with the kids and everything. And they kind of asked him, you know, what his kind of plans were, if you've had any, uh, you know, plans on, you know, possibly retiring. And he started to kind of give your, you know, typical professional answer. Well, I have to say. You know, you know, I'm taking the off season, think about it, spend time with my family and my kids. And then Kate up and his wife just, you know, rolled up right behind him. No, I, I think he really should keep playing. He does a great job. We love coming to see him. You know, he loves doing it and everything. Super supportive. Unlike maybe possibly another former married couple uh, from earlier this year, uh, names will not be named. Um, <laughs> that may have resulted in a divorce. Um, but very supportive uh, from her about the couple of Brady's. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I thought it was a very um, funny interaction, and then obviously you have the polar opposite in another sport. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Kate Upton's uh, all for Verlander to try to get some more championships and play until his arm falls off, basically. Yeah, well, we'll see if he comes back. I mean, Verlander's still really good. He's up for Cy Young again, um, which is crazy. Um, he got his first World Series. That's uh, this World Series. He has not had first any World Series. What win? That's right. Yeah, actually, like a single game. <laughs> That's you know, I think of his like seven or eight games that he's pitched in the World Series, they've all either been losses or have no not decisions. Um, no decision for him. Yeah, that's a funny stat. But hey, he can get a Cy Young this year. He gets a win in the in the the World Series. Gets another ring. 
who knows but um I, they did announce the nominations i believe today for the cy young um nomin the cy young nominees and i saw there was two st louis cardinals pitchers on there and i was like how are you uh like a cy young which is kind of like an mvp of right of pitching and right. there's two of them yeah. like on the same team that's pretty insane pretty insane who who's uh who's it listed for this um, year? Seen it. let me double check that list real quick it was um the cy young nominees finalists revealed so 2022 um you have the al cy young nominees are dylan cease from the mm -hmm. white Sox. you got alec manoa from the blue jays and verlander from the astros uh from the nl you've got sandy alcantara Al alcantara from the marlins wait what did i see mm -hmm. about the st louis cardinals max freed from the atlanta braves and julio urias from the Dodgers. What did I see about there was two St. Louis Oh, NL MVPs. NL, NL, NL yeah. MVPs. Yeah. That's that's oh, what okay, I meant. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, not Cy Youngs. There's two St. Louis Cardinals. You got Arenado and Goldschmidt. That's why I was trying to make the point. How do you have two I, I've never I'm understood yeah. how if you have two players that are that good that you could possibly be the MVP of that team or uh, MVP of the league. They say, you can't you can't be well without both of these players <laughs> the team isn't like you know what i mean i just never understood that when you had two players and you're going to see that potentially in the nhl um between mcdavid and drysidle that they both lead the league in points and they'll both go up for his MB mvp candidates that never i never understood that but you know some interesting other ones. If your your AL MVP finalists are Aaron Judge, of course, Shohei Otani, who's just ridiculous, and Jordan Man Alvarez can do it all. Yeah, Shohei Otani, just insane. The amount of home, he hits home runs when he's not pitching. We haven't seen something like that in a long time, right? Yeah. So, some other I think stuff. It's, uh, it's very interesting that. Bryce Harper did not get a nominee this year. Um, you want to talk about most valuable player? Uh, I think for those Phillies, he, he should he should have been mentioned yeah. there for the NL instead of maybe two Cardinals players. I agree. Yeah, I mean, what would that team be without Bryce Harper? Right, not in the World Series. Just like you know, you got Manny Machado on the Padres was the other third nominee. You look at Aaron Judge. You take Aaron Judge off the Yankees, how many games would they have actually won? And that's a true, that's a true, you could look at it. He was the, the main reason they were producing runs at points in the season when nobody else on the team was hitting. So, and then you got Shohei Otani, who's literally pitching for wins and hitting home runs to win games. <laughs> the first, uh, the first right-handed pitcher slash DH that I've seen. <laughs> Probably in the history of Major League Baseball since like Babe Ruth, basically. But anyway, that's the MLB. Um, quick touching up on the NBA. We talked about it a little bit last week as well. Kyrie Irving and his 
Kanye West's um, antics, um, just going haywire and just saying everything that comes to mind and not caring about the consequences and stuff. Well, the consequences finally came, um, and bad job by the Nets waiting as long as they did, but uh, Kyrie got sus- is suspended. The Nets and the league have a list of things that he has to do and go through to show that he's truly sorry. And I love it. The day that he got suspended is the day that he he released a, 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 an apology. Like, you had three or four other opportunities to do so, and you didn't. Um, yeah, yeah, that just says, oh, you're taking money from me? Fine, I'll, I'll, I'll say something. Yeah. But it was also, like, the most unapologetic apology. It wasn't even like an actual like true. I'm sorry. It was more of a like I'm sorry this happened. I'm sorry you feel this way type of apology. Yeah, it was still it was still all about Kyrie. I'm sorry you don't understand the way I feel <laughs> about it. Or I, I don't know. I it, yeah. It, it it it's a bad look on on all the way around. Um, but I mean we've 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 talked about it a little bit before. I mean and. Kyrie and his, I don't want to say state of mind or whatever, but like, I mean, he's a flat earther. Like, you know, I don't know if he still is or not, but like he was, right? Yeah, like, he is. Um, it, it just is like the tinfoil hat type deal. Like, we didn't actually land on the moon. And, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can't disrespect the man for the game because you, you separate the two, right? Kyrie, the player, amazing on the court, floor general, can play, can play. But then you take and you put the crazy, wacky, anecdotal stuff that he does off the court, and it's like, okay, like I, and not to go on the political aspect of it, I, I won't fault him on the on the shot thing. That that's that's a whole different story, a whole different podcast, whatever right. you want to say. That that is what it is. But when you look at the scope of it, it's just like, where does he come up with some of this stuff? Like, who who is he talking to? And and again, to not go on the political side of it, the, I have I I I looked into it a little bit more, and and it and it doesn't surprise me. Let's just put it that way. Nope. Um, it's all, people. It's all about people Kyrie. that he follows, and 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 his perceptions and whatnot and so you know again i will never disrespect the man for his gameplay but you got to be better as a human being and uh and that's that's pretty much where that <laughs> needs to be left i feel like in, yeah in my, yeah i don't really want to talk about it too much because i think it's just a no-brainer um topic but you know it's just it, it's just another arm's length laundry list of things that Kyrie Irving just doesn't get it. He's he he, he looks through his own rose glass um, looking lens, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's looking through his own perspective and doesn't look outside of his perspective to how other people are affected or what what else is going on in the world. Right. It's, it's he's just looking through his own lens and that's it and that's the problem that he has he's just he's letting down his teammates he's bringing distraction to the organization and his teammates um 
and it's showing on the basketball court with the team. Um, yeah, not winning, and coaches getting fired and stuff. So we'll see what happens. Um, going forward with him, and if they let him back in, but you know he met with Adam Silver today, and Adam Silver not happy with Kyrie and his lack of awareness and and you know urgency when it comes to to fixing this matter but now he's paying all these you know uh he's donating money to all these things and all these organizations and stuff it's like Nike suspended his uh uh his relationship with them for the time being and and scrapped whatever new shoe he had uh launching this year yeah Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, you know, I mean, kind of you, you go to the whole back to the football aspect of you know the Snyder's and stuff like that. I think it's like it's gonna catch up to you type of deal, and it's catching up to him and his outlook on himself and and persona or whatever. I think was it last week you said the the Kyrie West saga, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of this is like well, that's where it is, and uh, I'm honestly surprised he he hasn't he hasn't been blackballed yet. Like he hasn't been released, and they said, "Well, eat your contract, just go away." You know, he's barely played for the team, and when he has played for the team, you know, he's causing more issues than good. It's, yeah, his his production on the court is good, but he's not leading the team. In fact, he's he's actually separating the team and splitting everybody apart. He's dividing them. So yeah. it's like, when is it like, okay, this is it. Enough's enough. You got to go. You got to go. But I'm, more I'm sure to be the time is coming. That. I'm sure it's coming yeah. too. The, the, it'll drop yeah. soon. Well, and we're, we're also still waiting to hear about their head coaching situation. It yep. seems that they have not uh, found a way or whatever, to sign Ime Udoka. Um, as you know, we heard through the reports last week, uh, we figured something would have been done by now, but that is still still being figured out. It looks Which, again, like. I don't know why the Nets are pursuing that if there's something controversial. They've got enough controversy going on. Not to say that that guy doesn't deserve a chance or anything, but if you're trying to create an image or yeah. get rid of this you controversial... Would think you would go completely yeah. opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a PR move it definitely doesn't make sense. The, it doesn't make the sense. reason why the the reason why it makes sense for a basketball move is because he was an assistant coach in the first year that those uh, that you know Katie and Kyrie and James Harden were all together. Right. Um. So that makes sense basketball wise, but yeah, PR makes zero sense whatsoever. Yep. But sometimes you can't get out of your own way. All right. Well. Um, just to touch base, it's still very early in the NBA season. You got the Bucks, the Cavs, and the Jazz leading the way in this in the standings. There, um, got a couple of other teams around floating around there, and the Blazers and um, a couple of others. It's it's early, um, and you got the Lakers that are at the very very bottom right now. Um, not doing very well. Was that? I said all the way at all the, the way at the bottom. All the way yeah, about I mean, just two wins. So surprisingly, uh, Golden State is not far off either. Yeah, um, they are not playing well. No, I, I I go back to the I and this is a, this is a different situation, but 
and then people say whatever, but I, I've never been a big Draymond Green fan. I think there's people that that like him because of his intensity and the, and the way he is, and I'm the opposite of it. Um, because he he strikes me as the type of person that you know when you play the when you play a game, whether whatever sport it is, you're not really trying to hurt another player. He strikes me as the type of person that doesn't care if he does. And I've seen that. Before. And I've seen he it. Crosses over the years. The he, he crosses the line. He crosses the line. He yeah. has trouble not crossing the line. Right. And so for that, I lose a lot of respect for him. I, not, again, with the Kyrie thing, I won't dis- disrespect him for the way when he is playing a, in the right way. He's he's good, but with the Jordan Poole situation and they supposedly worked, they've worked it out or whatever. I don't believe that at all. Granted, you still have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, but it just there seems to be something going on there. Um, they just haven't really clicked or figured it out or whatever. Uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But I mean, the Lakers are just, yeah, they're they're not showing anything to be. I mean, the Bucks are nine and one. I mean, clearly the favorites right now. Uh, it is early to say that, but I mean, just Giannis is just a monster. So uh, it will be interesting to see. But you know, I mean, the, kind of really the, with it is the surprise because Rudy Gobert gets shipped out of Utah, you know, and uh, that was Donovan Mitchell too. Than, I was gonna say Donovan yeah, Mitchell and, as and well. Donovan Mitchell, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Mitchell probably more than more than even Rudy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those things where you it, it's kind of puzzling. I mean, you have Kelly Olynyk as a starter. Um, I'm not saying he's bad. Uh, I just because he's not. It, it's just it's it. He's not top tier player in the league, right? But he it goes back to the thing. I think I feel like with the Jazz, they've kind of gotten into a a system, a groove, or whatever, and they're buying in. Um. I mean, they're, they're, their leading scorer right now is uh, Laurie Markakin. Yeah, which um, who he, he's he's always, <laughs> he's always had a good upside. Um, you oh, know, he was like, playing, score the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's always he was had in, a good upside. When he was in Chicago, oh man, yeah, he, he looks very good in some games, but um, he hasn't been like the most consistent player, right? Know? So maybe that he's got that full starting job over there in Utah. Um, and Mike Conley is running the point. It's not Donovan Mitchell kind of doing that, you know, sometimes playing points, sometimes playing off the wing. Yeah. I um, mean, Colin Sexton, I mean, solid player as well. I mean, yeah. in that trade, uh, I, he was a big part of the Cavs team being decent last year, mm-hmm. uh, but they put their money on, on Gardner. So, uh, yeah. I, Walker Kessler. He's he's come in and you know he's he's doing okay for the minutes that he's getting um, as a rookie. Uh, yeah, I, again, I think it's just kind of a, a system that they've kind of bought into, and and uh, and it's just it's they're meshing very well together out there. Um, but it's early; we'll see. Um, but right now, I would still say that the the Bucks are just going to be the front runners for 
for it right now until we see more out of some other teams. I mean, the Cavs are, are looking good, though. Yeah, you just got to see Mitchell. what the Cavs are going to... Yeah. Are they going to be able to withstand that or with uh, maintain that throughout the entire season? Or are the Bucks just going to run away with it and it's going to be too much? But we'll see. It's very early in the NBA season. Um, speaking of early in the seasons, we do have the NHL. Most teams are no more than 14 games in to the season. Um, just to give you updates on what's going on with the standings and everything, you still got Boston and the Vegas Golden Knights dominating atop the, the, the league right now. Um, you got Vegas Knights on an eight-game winning streak. Boston's on one game winning streak, but you know, they're, they're still 11 and two. Um, they have a plus 23 goal differential, which is really good. Um, their goaltending has been great with line Linus Olmark, as we've spoke about last week. Um, and they are getting Brad Marchand back. So Brad Marchand is back in the mix. They've been doing this without Brad Marchand, which anybody that knows or watched hockey before Brad Marchand is a big part of the Boston Bruins lineup, um, part of that that top line that's been going for years, Pasternak, uh, Bergeron, and Marchand. They call him a little rat Marchand. He's one of those players that he's just like, he just gets in your face, gets under your skin, and makes you, you know, take bad and stupid penalties. Sometimes he crosses the line. He's like the Draymond Green of uh, of the NHL. You know, I was going to make that comparison when you were talking about Draymond Green. You know, like he'll do stupid stuff where he licks players in the playoffs um, for no reason. He just licks their face um, a couple of times. <laughs> it's just the thing he does. Uh, I would. But you do have a couple other teams you know, floating around. That you got New Jersey, uh, the Devils on a seven game winning streak right now in the, the third spot. After tonight's win, the Islanders, my Islanders are in the fourth spot in the league. Um, with a two-game winning streak. They've just been two back-to-back wins, two nights in a row where they've been down by multiple goals going into the third period. Um, they were down 3 nothing last night going into the third period, came back and won. Um, and then and they won it in over, uh, overtime. And then th- tonight against the Rangers, their heated rivals in Madison Square Garden, they were down 3-1 going into the third period and you know looked pretty... They didn't. They weren't looking great. You know, the second of a back-to-back, the Rangers were off yesterday. You figured the Islanders were uh, were gonna struggle there. They uh, they didn't have Cal Clutterbuck tonight, which if you know anything about they, you know, the Islanders and their fourth line, they call it the the identity line because they literally the the Islanders go the the same as that fourth line goes. If the fourth line is buzzing, hitting people, causing a lot of uh, turnovers. And puck possession, offensive zone, and just constant hectic play over the other team, just grinding in their own defensive zone, just wearing them down and everything. The rest of the team goes. Um, often s- stated by people as the best fourth line in hockey. And I'm not just saying that because <laughs> it's it's my team. Um, if you look up anybody that, that and and you see any analysts and everything, they say it's. It's the best fourth line in hockey because they can score goals and what they mean to the team is more important than most fourth line uh, fourth lines mean for other teams throughout the league. Um, you got Winnipeg at number five, 
So it, it's early, but something that, that, that is kind of surprising. And I'm curious to see if this will continue throughout the season. Um, before, ten, uh, before games tonight, the Kraken were in the top 10 of the league, which again, that's, that's big. They're on a four game winning streak. Um, so they're, they're, they're making a statement here, trying to, uh, get, throw their name in the hat as a, as a good team in this league. Um, I think they have some work to do, but you know, it's a good start for them. And I think they needed a good start to get some, some, uh, confidence going for them. You have the Maple Leafs are climbing the standings after a very poor start. Um, they have, they've, they've been, uh, they're being led by their captain, John Tavares, as much as I don't like to say his name out loud a lot. It's like saying <laughs> Voldemort um, for an Islander fan. But, uh, you know, he had a hat trick a few games ago. He scored another big goal, I think, to tie the game the other night. Um, he's, you know, he, he's kind of bringing them in. But, you know, it, that's a team we, we talk about where they have so, so many good players in that squad. The fact that they were struggling early, it's... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked by that. I mean, a lot of people are picking them to be the favorites to come out either to win the cup or to come out of the Eastern Conference this, this, this year. So the slow start was not good for them. But I mean, you had the Avalanche with a slow start too. They're starting to make their way back up. Um, Tampa Bay with a slow start and they're starting to make their way back up as well. Um, you're starting to see some of these Western Conference teams that were ranked higher in in the standings they've been playing some games against these eastern conference teams and they've been losing so you know the eastern conference has proven to be pretty strong and in you know in history like it's it, for many years the western conference was the was the powerhouse conference you know you had the red wings were in the western conference back then with you know like iserman and fedorov and all you know th those squads um you had the Avalanche back then. You, you know, San Jose Sharks uh, were were really good. Um, Vancouver Canucks at times. You know, the Blackhawks, Nashville. You, you know, you can go on and on with how strong yeah. that the Calgary Western had Conference a good was. run there for a while too. Yeah, I mean, with Jerome Ginla and, and even mm -hmm. Calgary's still supposed to be a good team, but they're they're kind of they're struggling a little bit right now, which is interesting to see. Um, LA Kings were a great team for a while as well. Um, you know, between the, the, the LA Kings and uh, the Blackhawks, they were trading off for, I think, five years in a row. They were trading off cups, <laughs> you know, back and forth. It went Blackhawks, uh, Kings, Blackhawks, Kings, Blackhawks. Um, uh, maybe the Bruins were somewhere in the middle there. But again, they've been, they've been strong in the Western Conference. So it's, it's, uh, it's good as being an Eastern Conference team fan to see that the things are swaying over to the Eastern Conference. It seems like they have the, the strong teams are really in the Eastern Conference. Even though the Avalanche won the cup, they were just a really dominant, strong team. But you did have Tampa Bay. Your Tampa Bay Lightning winning cups before that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a good and a bad thing that the conference is stronger than like the Western. It's a good thing because it's good to have competition. It's a bad thing because you have strong competition. Um, you know, the, those are obviously the teams that are going to play more and that are, uh, you know, especially when you get to the playoffs and stuff, you're going to have a harder road maybe than Western Conference teams, like, you know, the Golden Knights, if they keep it up. Um, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, they might have an easier path if, uh, in the playoffs, you know, their two top players, um, you know, get, you know, keep doing what they're doing. 
see it, which is insane. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they beat the Lightning tonight. Both McDavid and Dress Idol both have a goal tonight. Dress Idol on a power play. It's insane. I mean, it's, the two it, of them are not slowing down at all. No, no. Our, our good friend Dylan uh, messaged me tonight. He said, hey, I put money on the, uh, on the Lightning game for the two teams to cover seven goals. I was like, oh, buddy. You better hope Edmonton scores a whole bunch of goals. Because Lightning might get two. I was like, I, I think you're you should have gone with the under around five. What do you know? Final score three two tonight. Wow, um, I listen. On. They've been putting up points, even though Edmonton's been losing. Um, they've they've been they've had been losing games here and there. They're still mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of the pack. They, I mean, you got twenty seven points from McDavid and twenty five points from Drysidle. How many games do you think they've played this season? Uh, they're uh, like 12. 12, 11, 12. 14 games, but still. Oh, 14, yeah. They have nearly, they have almost double the double. amount of points. Two points per game. They're averaging almost two points per game. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm. It's, so, it's insane. How, much, how many points they put up? I mean, I think McDavid had like, Three goals and two assists the other day. Drysidle had two and two. It's just like, and they they take yeah. turns and who's going to be the one that's going to have the more points. Like they they kind of like swap back and forth. It's it, it's a fun team to watch, but it also has got to be heartbreaking the fact that they don't win as many games as you would <laughs> think they would win. Yeah, I I looked up their um their games earlier when I was talking to Dylan and. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, they've only given up less than two goals like twice this year. So there's a good possibility that you know Lightning would score at least two tonight, which is what happened. But yeah, if you're if you're giving up, and there was a lot of three, four goal games are giving up goals, even despite having that kind of offensive power from your you know top two players and the rest of the team surrounding them. It's going to be hard to win a ton of games if you're giving up four or five goals. Yeah. And then someone that's that's actually up towards you know in like the top ten in points this year, and I'm saying it now. This is probably my early favorite to be the comeback player of the year. It's Eric Carlson. So Eric Carlson, he he was um a Norris Trophy winner. I think a couple of times. I think he's won it twice. Um, dominant defenseman points wise and everything in, on the Senators. He gets traded and comes over to the Sharks and he's kind of behind Brent Burns being there. He kind of was second fiddle, had trouble catching on. He had a couple of ankle injuries and stuff while he was in this, while he was with the Senators before he left. So it maybe took a couple of years to get more comfortable. Brent Burns is no longer there. So now Eric Carlson is the guy again. And he, you know, he's, he's doing well. He's put, he's got 19 points as a defenseman. Uh, you know, that's, that's a lot for a defenseman. He's in the top, what is he, number six, number seven right now? He's tied with Nathan McKinnon for number five in the league in points. And, you know, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big deal. He's, he's running the power play. He's getting points off the power play, five on five, overtime game winners. He's in the mix for it all. And that's Eric Carlson we're used to seeing. Um, anybody that's been watching him for the past 10, 15 years, he's always been a, a good, solid, um, defenseman but you know offensively he was just another forward on the ice kind of like yeah. what he was like a, a, a uh kale mccarr before kale mccarr um came into the league he was doing those types of things 
Um, yeah, I, I remember a few years ago there was rumors of him going to Tampa, and I was, oh man, I was hoping for that. Unfortunately, did not. <laughs> nope, it didn't happen. But um, if you had, if if Tampa got cool. Eric Carlson, you imagine, you imagine Carlson and, and Victor Hedman on the. On I mean, the they would have had to have two people go on long term IR so you can fraudulently uh, circumvent the cap <laughs> space. You would need Kucherov and Stamkos to go. <laughs> <laughs> to go out on long-term oh. IR. Um, okay. You can oh, keep feeling salty. To, it's okay, buddy. Ways to cheat the system. Um, <laughs> so goalie-wise, you got you still got Jake Ottinger um, in all three major categories for Vezina race here. Um, goals against average, save percentage, shutouts. And then you have uh, Vili Husso as well, who's... He's the goalie in Detroit. We haven't we didn't talk about him too much last week because he wasn't really up there, but the last couple of games that he's played, he's been performing very well, uh, increasing his goal against average or decreasing, I should say, his goal against average and increasing his save percentage. Um but he he's he's making uh he's making a stand himself and uh and really um he came over, he was the backup goalie in St. Louis. Um and he was a backup to Jordan Binnington, which is a Stanley Cup winning goaltender, Jordan Binnington, which has a crazy, amazing story in himself. And uh, Billy Husso is getting a chance to be a number one in Detroit, and he's uh, he's showing he can take that responsibility. So those are like, those are some of the early Vezina contenders. Um, I'd expect this again. My goalie Ilya Sorokin, they keep doing what he's what they're doing. Again, the Islanders start off very slow, and he's still up there. In the, the the major categories for for uh, the Vesna race, so you got Connor Hellebuck there as well. Linus Allmark, we we're talking about um, for the for the Bruins, who can't he kind of stole the job from Jeremy Swayman. There's some uh, good goalie performances here. Some good goals against averages. We're seeing uh, some some good goaltending going on in the league. So let's talk a little uh, news with the NHL. Real quick, one major thing that we had that came up was um, was Matthew Kachuk suspended two games for basically sticking his stick in a goalie's mask the other day. Uh, <laughs> so he he's been suspended for two games, and Matthew Kachuk has always been an agitator. He gets in people's uh, you know personal space where he's not wanted to be. Um. You know, he was part, the part of that big trade between Florida and Calgary for Huberdeau uh, going to Calgary. And you have um, Kachuk that went to the Panthers. And their, you know, the idea was to really change the culture there. They, di- they didn't really have that gritty, per- that gritty player that can get under people's skin and also still be a, a goal scorer and a point producer. And I mean, Matthew Kachuk. Is actually, you know, in the top ten in points, but he also is one of those people that gets penalty minutes. And uh, so, if you play fantasy hockey, Matthew Kachuk is a guy that you want on your team because he he gets you those penalty minutes, points, power play points, uh, shorthanded points, everything. He's he's a full package player there. So he'll be out a couple of games. Um, just Matthew Kachuk doing Matthew Kachuk things. Um, and the other story, which is is kind of the big story uh, that's, that's that's come out here, um, if anybody has seen this before, um, there's this story about the Boston Bruins on Friday signed this player, uh, Mitchell Miller, 
And then two days later, they release him, or they're basically cutting ties with him, um, based off of you know fan backlash, even player backlash. And uh, Ben, why don't you tell a little bit uh, about the story of what what happened here? I know you looked into this and you did some yeah, your, your I, investigative I, research. I did a little investigative research on this, and I'm actually reading some stuff right now on it again. Uh, it, I, you know how. Uh, things work in the land of facebook and twitter social and all that media stuff world. yeah social media like so if you if you look somebody up or whatever next thing you know you get all these stories popping up in your timelines and stuff so um the uh andy strickland who does a podcast um he d- he did a one-on-one with uh eustace king the agent that represents M- mitchell miller and um Basically, kind of did like a lot of like ground work, like on the ground, like going and talking to people involved, uh, talking with uh, friends, people that were there, stuff like that, and and the situation. And um, I, I did, here here's the thing, right? I'm 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 a firm believer in second chances and stuff like that, and I think that it, people are are allowed to re- try to redeem themselves and and whatnot, and. Looking into it is just like this kid was fourteen years old. He did a, he did a bad thing. He was bullying a a, a special needs uh, African American kid and um, got convicted of it uh, as a juvenile. And basically, the way I look at it from the outside looking in, because again, I haven't done it as much, and I'm gonna look into it more because I do want. Maybe next week we touch on it a little bit more, but. Looking on the outside in, it's like there's a lot of people trying to hold him back from being able to possibly proceed in making the NHL and playing in the NHL part of his dream because of what he did when he was 14 years old. Um, with that being said, there's people that are there's there's one side or, or a group of people are saying he doesn't seem remorseful. He doesn't seem like it was an, an you know like he cared that it happened this and that, um, and then. There's other people on the other side saying, no, 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 that's not how, that's not, no, that's not, um, that's not the real story. So there's, there's some more to dig, digging into it. It looks like like the Bruins let him go today, um, because of new information that they found out. Well, uh, again, I, I, Eustace King, his agent, um, had, had basically came out and, and his attorneys are now looking into it even more because, you know, they're saying there's no new information. Everything that's out there is out there. Um, he admitted to the to the bullying. He admitted to the the crime or what or whatnot. Um, he served his punishment. He he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, again, it just it's it, it's 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 not it's it's never a good look when something like that happens. But again, if you don't give somebody the chance to redeem themselves. It just it, it just stays where it was. So I, I I feel like there's there's a little bit of a a battle going on there, um and, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually listen to this podcast because um possibly tonight and and see what see where it leads because uh this is six years ago. This happened in uh when again he uh Mitchell Miller is 20 years old now and he was 14 when it happened. Again, I'm not condoning the bullying. It's 100 wrong. And it should never happen. Um, but if 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 things were handled 
by law and, and the way they were supposed to be handled, the, the, the kid deserves a chance to, to redeem himself. Um, and if people are holding him back from being able to do that, then, then there's an issue there. So, um, again, it, it's, it's a not, it's not a good look for any one person, but, uh, and, and nobody has to take on that opportunity, but the Bruins signed him, to, you know, what was it the other day? Friday. Um, Friday. Yeah. On Friday, they signed him knowing this situation everything was right. out there. And then they turn around today and say, nope, new information. And from what I'm seeing, there's no new information. So yeah, it, sounds, it sounds like the new information is, is honestly the backlash that they're getting from yeah, it, uh, it's, the, their fans and also some of their you know, well-respected. Uh, yeah. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, players. the captain of their team coming out and saying, we don't condone what he did when he was a kid. You know, like that's, that's something that's going to be definitely, uh, you know, taken to heart by the the leadership there. If if your captain that's been there forever and face of the franchise right. is saying like I I'm not comfortable with this, I mean they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Yeah, and and I and I can respect that because he's been there and, and whatnot. But like, but what I can't respect is the fact like why can't what it, I, I'm a you know I don't throw rocks at a glass house type situation like we. I, I, there are probably very, very few of us that have the skeletons or the, the things that we did when we were kids. You know what I mean? Like, if we were to go back to that time frame, like, I did a lot of dumb things when I was 14 years old. Now, granted, that was a lot longer than six years ago, but still. I, I just, it, things happen, and um, you get caught up in a moment or whatever. Maybe you just, maybe you just were hanging with the wrong crowd. You know, I mean, it is, you know, you at 14 years old are not mentally developed enough to to not I'm not saying you're not mentally developed enough to know what's right from wrong but you know what I mean to to maybe get out of that crowd or to stop yourself in a sense and you know it it's it's uh it's a very thin line as far as that goes and 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 I like I said I I would love to see um, more of this come out and, and, and possibly, you know, maybe the kid gets a chance with a, an, an AHL team or, or another minor league team that he here in the States that he can, you know, prove his worth and prove his rehabilitation or whatever, you, you know, however you want to call it to being a better person. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think but, what it is with the NHL, there's a there's a long history of a culture problem in the NHL when it comes right. to minorities. Okay, right, and and and, tr- and rightfully so. I mean, how many how many African American players are there in the league right now? Uh, and there's not many, not not very many. So I mean, it's, you gotta, it's one you of probably things. account yeah. for like one per team. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been it's been growing over the years, but yeah. you know, let's let's say an average of two per it's team. It's just not predominantly an African American league system, and most of them are going to be Canadian. Um, yeah, you know. Just because, again, Canadian culture, hockey is very big in 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 the in the Canadian culture there. So it's you know the 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 issues are more deeply rooted when it comes to bullying and and um you know racism and and you know unfair behavior towards um, minorities. Um, you mean you have the 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 big thing that that was 
that came out was about Akeem Alou over the past few years and about how he was bullied by the, the head coach of the, the Calgary Flames, um, Peters. And that was a big starting point to this whole uh, um, coming to light. And I think what's happening now is um, the, the, the way the NFL has handled situations in the past is always reactive, not proactive, right? So I think Gary Bettman, the NHL, are trying to be a little more proactive and, and, and not like being as forgiving to kind of to, to save the image. Whether that's right or wrong is another story and another topic. But I think that's why we're at this point where a 14-year-old kid that did something, um, and it was... Pretty bad. I mean, again, it's a disabled African um, American uh, or African Canadian kid, and at the age of fourteen, and apparently was bullying this kid since the age of twelve, and it was bad enough that they got charges pressed to them. I mean, that that's pretty bad when you look at it. Um, and yeah, I understand your point. With you know, fourteen year old, you do dumb things and things like that, but. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's such a sore a sore topic when it comes to NHL and their culture. Um, even 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 black players today in the NHL still face racism constantly. I mean, ever, ever, across the world. I mean, you 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 go to Europe and and it like runs rampant in uh, football yeah. out uh, there. You know, in in Euro leagues and all that stuff. Like it, it's football. Yeah, it's it's. It's there, but again, this this is a thing that you know it really came to light with Akimalu, um, and, and again, like I said, Bill Peters uh, bullying him and directing racial slurs directly at him, um, in front of you know the other players and everything, and everyone was just uncomfortable. They didn't want to say anything about it, and people started coming out after the fact when he brought it to light. Like he was. He was afraid to say something because he knew he was getting he was getting blackballed, and he knew that he wasn't getting a chance with any other teams, um, because at that point, you know, there's the inner circle kind of deal, and it's one of those it's one of those types of things. Um, so it's definitely much more rooted, and there's more to it. Um, definitely trying to find out some more about it to see like what what actual steps has Mitchell Miller taken to make amends on this scenario like how how you know how how truthful or how genuine has his apologies or anything that he's tried to do with the families and stuff and I know you were looking up and some stuff that he reached out to the families and stuff but we, we got to see some more with it but you know Cam Neely the president of the Boston Bruins w- went out and he did the whole press conference and everything saying how, you know, they're upset and they were disappointed in themselves that they didn't do better vetting and and stuff. Um, You know, the thing is in his, in his apology to Cam Neely was talking about just what you were saying. You know, he was, he was thinking he, he, and, and a lot of fans of the Bruins were very upset by his wording, you know, and basically saying like he was just a kid and not like looking at the fact uh, it was basically basically saying in his apology, I'd give him another chance, but you guys don't want to, kind of. <laughs> so, like, it was a, 
it was an apology, but not an apology in some ways. So I'm looking at quotes right now. Um, and the mother or somebody in the, it looks like the mother is saying this was years and years and years and years of abuse. It was seventh and eighth grade. So you're already extreme. You're already taking past the extreme, right? I, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's right. Again, I'm just looking at the fact it's seventh and eighth grade. Yep. Okay. Not years and years and years. Like, okay. It's two years. Okay. Own that down. Now we look at the, he, he Snapchat, he Snapchatted to, um, Isaiah, the, the, the kid, Mm -hmm. um, that was, um, the victim. And he said, uh, it's something about he apologized. He said this has nothing to do, to ho- do with hockey. Well, if he's apologizing from again from himself, I mean, granted, it, it involves him because he is he's a hockey player, but it, you have to try to separate the two in that sense, right? You have to say this is the person is trying to apologize for what had happened. Okay. But the mother, I, I really, I feel like it's the parents that are very that are hanging on to this maybe more so. And I get it, it's a, it's their kid, right? Like I'll, I'll go to I'll go to bat. I will do anything. Yeah, like, and it's a yeah, disabled again, kid. You don't know yeah. what kind of trauma actually right. took uh, place on this kid. There's, there's got to keep that in, in mind too. There's, there's. I'm trying to look into it a little bit more, but like, and again, I'm not saying it's not a disabled. My my son has ADHD, but from all the reports that I'm looking at, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hold that. Some more in. learning disability type. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's like, I don't disability. hold that exactly. I don't hold my son as being a disabled kid. Like you know, what I mean, like that's that's right. I'm not gonna put him in that category. But if you're trying to lean on that to use it as your your whatever, then so be it. But this is the quote. One of the apologies that, or one of the one of the statements that Mitchell Miller said, uh, when I was in eighth grade, I made an extremely poor decision and I acted very immaturely. He said, "I bullied one of my classmates. I deeply regret the incident and have apologized to the individual. Since the incident, I have come to better understand the far-reaching consequences of my actions that I failed to re- recognize and understand nearly seven years ago." I strive to be a better person and positively contribute to the society. What more is he supposed to say? Like, I mean, is he supposed to get on his hands and knees and grovel to everybody? I, that's, I, I mean, I, I just, and, and this is where it infuriates yeah. me because I feel like there's people that are out there that are just doing everything that they can to make him just to be the bad, bad guy. And he was a, he was a kid. 14 years old, 8th grade. It wasn't, he wasn't even a freshman yet. 8th grade. That made some, made some bad choices. Hung out with some, maybe some of the wrong people. And he's not giving, the, being really, other than trying to sit, put out a statement such as that, saying, hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I did something bad. And I'm trying to learn from it. That's exactly what he just said. Yeah. But they're not. But that's not being seen. Like it's like, nope. You know, you know what I mean? I, I I don't get it. Yeah, I I don't so, know in this day and age what you can do to kind of come out of things like 
and, and, and that's a mistake as a kid like i i understand that point um but i i also think that if this play because he's been around it's not like, like why would the bruins sign him at all if he wasn't playing somewhere right so so he, so he is he's currently playing at the u.s hockey league for okay. uh tri-city storm uh his most recent season he finished in 60 games played had 83 total points That's right pretty good it's pretty good it's pretty good so i mean i can definitely see them as to like oh let's definitely sign this kid to seal and he's been like on team usa uh for like their under 19 team uh before covid uh when he you know was eligible for all that um so it's, it's not like this kid's a nobody. Obviously, he got drafted in the NHL at like 111 or something like that. Um, right. Before his rights were rescinded from, you know, the report coming out for his issues. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like I said, uh, it, it's, it's a sad situation for him. You know, we I think we all feel that uh, he might deserve an actual chance to try to build up through, you know, the AHL and see if he gets into the NHL. Um, like, I, I remember some things that I seen and did as a 14 year old kid. And if that stuff was held over me because of my, you know, position and ascension into, um, you know, a stardom of sorts and, and sports like that's, you, you make some stupid decisions as a kid. And granted, this obviously was very, very stupid. And, and I feel I do feel bad for um, the young gentleman who was affected and his parents, but you can't hold that kind of stuff over someone's head for the whole life if if there's been no other instances since you know he's he's still developing his brain and you know maturity and um, teenager as you know for anyone uh, there's a lot of hormones and you know, thoughts and stuff that just go through your body so quick it's you know you kind of react and yeah um well and i mean and again we're in a sorry i don't cut you out but we're in a okay. such a media driven situation yeah it, like i'm i'm looking at one it's intensifying here yeah, yeah i'm still looking at one it says well mitchell miller didn't apologize until after the bruins made it a condition of assigning him that's not true that's not true he's he he apologized years ago and then he did it again i mean again is he supposed to sit there and wash and grovel at the guy's feet because of I, something I know, he did when he was 14 like I, I know it's it was just either slightly before or just as you know uh twitter and stuff was becoming more prevalent in social media but do you think like for instance like michael v, right do you think he would have gotten that that second chance that he got if if he were if this happened today um, pr probably because I'm going to go on the point of when you are as good as you are, because we've seen players in current uh, day, like Evander Kane. We're just going to stay with the NHL. Evander Kane got accused of a lot of really bad stuff with his ex. Really bad stuff. And, you know, he never really got charged with anything, but she accused him of a lot of different things. And people were up in arms about him being signed back to an NHL team. But he performed. They were winning. They made a run in the, in the postseason, and everything kind of went away. The outrage wasn't really there anymore. Um, 
so I think it does, but I think you are definitely scrutinized a lot more. A player of the caliber of Michael Vick and what he mm-hmm. brought to the table, he was getting a second chance once once he was released back into society, society and he's, he did the steps that NFL asked him to do. And then people were like, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind having Michael Vick on my team. The guy's kind of a, you know, I don't like what he did, but I want my football team to win. Probably more so in football than any other sport, honestly. Um, Especially in that position. Yeah, that position, you know, with, with, with gambling and all that stuff and how big an influence that is in, in the NFL. Um, yeah, uh, which is actually why I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised following that suit that Ray Rice never really got a second chance. Um, and again, I, I would be, I don't even want to go into the topic about Colin Kaepernick, but you know <laughs> why he didn't get a second. Yeah. But, but yeah, Ray still. Rice doesn't get a second chance, but uh, Kareem Hunt did. Right. Kareem Hunt did is because he was at a point in his career where he was still young and you saw what he did in Kansas city. And it's just, it, I think your talent and what you've shown you could do in the professional league is going to weigh heavier than the morality stance. Um, the PR and the, the, what they would have had to do for Mitchell Miller wasn't worth it at the, in the end because the kid hadn't even played in the NHL yet. So they got nothing to point out to be like, oh, he's a really good player and he's working towards it. Like they couldn't with, they can't withstand that PR for a shot in the dark at a kid that may not even make the NHL. You know, it wasn't like Sidney Crosby coming out. This is a number one overall pick coming out and all of a sudden hey this number one overall pick did some really bad things in in, in middle school if this was Sidney Crosby the, you should be, bet their ass they're gonna be like oh, okay well we're gonna work with him we're gonna make him a man but I mean the hypocritic I mean you know what I mean the hip the I agree in that like, it's, it's just to me, it's ridiculous because I mean, I'm, like, yeah, I I'm agree. still looking at more articles and stuff like that, and I'm looking at them like current NHL players and officials saying that they weren't on board. Like we had said, like they're they they weren't they're not on board. They don't they they basically think this kid kid's a monster and he's 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 a yeah, just a I giant. Guess I would have to know a little bit more about exactly what he did. I, there may be some I mean, underlying I to exactly it, like, what he did that we're so, not seeing. Like like what you were talking about earlier, Tom, with um, you know, with the whole uh uh situation with the other NHL player with his head coach, Akimalu. Um, yeah, Akimalu. Yeah, um, there's like a report out there that um, not only was it like you know, bullying in the sense of this kid's with his disability, um, but also like there was like racial slurs and stuff. Right. Um, so yeah. that's that, that's obviously a, like you said, kind of big point in that. It's it's upsetting that the kids, you know, probably never going to get a chance to play in the NHL. It looks like um, based on the decision for uh, uh, Austin to rescind his or you know trying to terminate his contract now, whichever way they're going to go about that, whether he's going to get a full paid out, basically this contract that he'd already signed, or if they try to go the route of you know kind of nullifying it through the players' union, which will probably not happen, um, just because the union is going to fight for the kid to get his money. Um, but are they? Because from the, uh, from the, what I'm looking at, I I see all these players and officials and people that are saying that they don't want him in the league. 
So, I mean, why would they go to bat for him? Yeah. It, the, the, the PA still has to have a certain standard. Um, well, when the it comes PA to, has to back him up in this. If the contract's signed, they have to back him up, regardless of their right. personal yeah. feelings. If there's, mean, language, like if there's language in the contract about him getting guaranteed money and things like that, the PA's got to you know, step up for the, for the rights there. They have to. It's a union. Um, but they're not going to go the extra mile. Right. I, 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 again, I, I think it's, you know, it's a wasted opportunity for not only the NHL, but just human in general, right? To, say, to take this kid and somebody to put him under the wing, and, and, and instead of it being Sidney Crosby, who's like number one and all this other stuff, but just a guy that was a kid at 14 years old and say, you understand that you've, you were wrong. You've done what you need to do up until now, and now we're going to try to help you understand even more. Or what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, you use the platform. I'm a strong proponent of reforming more than like i mean ruin like like finished like people's lives are over like i'm i'm a strong proponent of that i, I give people more than not able to do one job, extra chance but it, it's just like the kid has obviously been coached his entire life right mm -hmm. because i mean of the, of the level he's playing at so why not you know Okay, he, he he gets his contract with the Bruins. They send him to the, the their minor league affiliate or whatever. He's playing for them. Some of his money goes to the to the affected kid because he's due that at family. Uh, some of the money possibly goes to a charity that he's going to work with hand in hand to bullied kids or whatever. You know what I mean, like. Maybe mentally disabled or or whatever, however you want to spin it, but be in the moment with them and and learn and grow. But instead, it's like, nope, the buck stops here. You're not getting your chance. You screwed up when you were 14 years old. Yeah, 14 well, years old shouldn't determine your life. I agree with well, you. There. He didn't. So, it, he didn't murder anybody. He didn't. You know. I mean. He didn't. It, I'm not saying what he did was yeah, right. Again, it, I, it is. I wouldn't say like. Again, I don't. We don't know. I don't know. We know the exact specifics of what he did. I know they're saying racial slurs. We just don't know what level it was taken to. Um. And I'd be interested to see what levels, like how egregious this was besides calling someone a name because people they're, call they're people names that, all the time yeah i mean they're saying that he would have him come sit with him on the bus and then they would start like picking on him and then like pushing him off and punching him and stuff like that again i i i don't know if it's you know like are they full all out like slugging the crap out of him where they're leaving marks or are they just you know, lightly. I, again, I'm not condoning right. the bully. I, I want to make sure everybody is clear. Right. Mental, the, 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 mental bullying is, is yeah. just as damaging yeah. as physical it's, bullying. Damage. But, but uh, again, maybe more it, so. It, it, uh, a kid that was in a in situations that he put himself in that he shouldn't have been. 
let him learn from this and grow as a person and let it be a lesson to everybody as opposed to, no, this is how we're going to handle it now. Your life is ruined. That yeah, teaches yeah. nobody anywhere in hockey or baseball, basketball, any sport, or just in life. I'm, it's just like we're trying to ingrain that, that you know what? You, you learn from your mistakes as a kid. You know, you touch a, a hot pan as a kid. Guess what you're not going to do anymore? You know, you're not going to touch the hot pan. It's just, Make sure that the thing's off before you touch it. <laughs> so, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's just things. It, it's so much more that we could dive into, and this could go on for forever. But, you know, I, I, I feel like, there's there's there there may be more to it that we're not learning and maybe more will come out um yeah. over the next week or so um i can guarantee you that um if if this is just a ploy for some for because i understand like you don't want to bring bad re representation upon yourself the league the team so on and so forth i get that but at the same time what better way to bring better look upon yourself as to take this as a teaching moment and, and coaching moment and making sure that the kid understands that it was, it was a bad situation. Yeah. I mean, he honestly um, thought doing it now while the team is performing well would be like kind of sweep it under the rug. People have been like, yeah, who cares? You know, cause you know, when the team's doing really bad and poorly in a season, right. And then they bring in potential PR situation, right. people are going to focus on that and be like, Oh, just another thing that we're doing wrong as an organization. Right. And I, I think what happened was they knew what they knew everything and they were bringing him in be like, listen, this kid could potentially be something we could develop. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll put all the stuff down on paper that we're going to work with him and, and, and make him, you know, a, a better human being and all this stuff and make sure he becomes a man and all these things. I, um, and just while we're winning, people won't really care as much because he may not even affect the team. Um, and we're doing things good as an organization, uh, doing things well as an organization that, you know, maybe they could have got away with it. But, um, and, it, and, and also, you know, Boston's very known for, um, you know, not being the best at handling racial situations. Um, yeah. A lot of incidents occurred there, you know, uh, sports specifically. So, and, you know, Wayne Simmons dealt with something there. Um, and you know Wayne Sim Simmons is one of the more popular, you know, black players in the league. Oh yeah, you know, mm -hmm. uh, well respected. But you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 again, it's it's a, it's it's a situation that I feel like is being made worse, and and I have a feeling that there's there's certain groups out there that are feeding into one side of it um being the victim side saying that to never give this guy never can redeem himself and i say guy because he's 20 now but i mean he's technically he's really still a kid right still like, a kid but yeah like well, nothing least. he could ever ever do is going to be good enough to atone for what he did yeah, and that's a that's not a good precedent in general no. to set for people no, that you can't come back from a, from any mistake you make. And I agree with you because all it takes is one like 
off moment for you to do something you shouldn't have done. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, to, round, I mean, to round it out, you know, Evander Kane, uh, you mentioned him earlier with his past uh, troubles, but um, uh, earlier tonight he was taken to the hospital. Uh, he got cut on his left wrist by escape late uh, tonight when he was playing against the Tampa Lightning. Um, seems to be in stable condition. Though. He's undergoing a procedure. Uh, to get that all situated, obviously a very scary moment on the ice. Yeah, anything with those blades coming around, you Dude, know, getting I'll to I'll never skin. forget when I saw that one guy's neck get cut. I was, I can't oh, yeah. remember which what one. Was, yeah, what year? Well, it's been, it it's been you know probably ten or so years. Ago. You talking about the goalie, or you talking about the skater? Yeah, yeah, the Buffalo and, goalie way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that was like a murder movie. Oh, that my guy God. lived. I don't know how yeah. it happened, but he lived. But you had Richard Zednick. It happened too, as well. Like that? Like, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it happened to Richard Zednick too. Um, skate came up on the boards, and the awareness that these players had—the skaters, not the goalie. The goalie he went down immediately. He, he right. knew he was. It, it was bad. But the skaters, where they had theirs cut, you know, it, it happened like twice in like two years, um, back to back. But they, they both. The players, like literally, they felt it. They grabbed their neck, skated to the bench, and that's where they collapsed. Yeah. Like, how did they do that? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I feel on my neck. I'm, I'm like, I'm freaking out right away. Right. But they had the wherewithal and to, to like, I need, I'm in trouble. Let me get to the bench. And you see it more often than not that like, if people know they got cut, and it happens yeah. where they get cut under the leg pads and stuff. You know. Yeah. You do see it. They get stepped on. Someone got stepped on their Achilles once, you know, like sliced the Achilles. Ugh. Yeah, he got him very, very quick, and um, the surrounding players were very quick to respond as well with trying to stop the play. Even the Lightning players, you know, kind of just shifted the puck towards the Oilers goalie to kind of hold in a sense, and you know, got him off the ice real quick. So, you know, hopefully, quick recovery for him, and it's um, hopefully nothing too serious happened there. Yeah. Well, on that note. Ooh. I think yeah. I've bled enough blood for this podcast, right? Tonight. Yeah, it's it's a it's a long one. It, it was a long one, but you know what? We covered a lot of stuff, and and uh, we got a little, we got got some heated uh, and you know stuff there, and and we'll touch maybe more on it, you know, if we yeah. find some more information out. But uh, you know, I appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with me tonight. Um, you know, we again, folks, we do this. Uh, try to do it every week uh, to help. Uh, underprivileged kids uh, out there in certain areas that uh, may not have sports equipment or the actual the money to be able to pay fees for sports leagues because it is expensive. Okay, as it is ridiculous, especially being oh. a goalie in the NHL. <laughs> right, <laughs> goalie equipment is oh. ridiculous. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, we we um, any proceeds that we uh, that happen to come through um, any one of our links that's on our um, Twitter page. Man Cave Sports Talk Podcast. Um, you can uh, use those links, and funds will automatically. We don't see any of that money; it, it's just directly deposited to uh, to the comp to the charity organization that we work with. And uh, yeah, so we appreciate all the love and support on the on the channel, and uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to do this and uh, and growing it because um, we have fun doing it. You know, we we, we sit here and we have. Tr- Ages trash can rankings and uh this week they were actually not too bad uh i pretty good actually i mean he finally admitted that my eagles were the number one team in the 
in the NFL. So we'll go with that. Maybe I got to uh, give you a hockey ice cold six pack or something. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, but with that being said, I'm Ben. That's Tommy. Yo. That's Gage. We're still missing the illustrious Dan. Uh, hopefully he makes it back to us soon. Everybody have a great night. And uh, next week we'll be here. Thank you, everyone. Week right. 10. See you guys next week.